Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Way Out Podcast. My name is Jeff, and I'm with my, I call him friend, but he's more of a friend. He's my brother, Joshua Ezzy. Uh, and uh, we're really excited to have you all tonight. If this is your first time, uh, make sure you subscribe. Go to our Way Out Podcast page. Um, also on the Joshua Ezzy YouTube channel, you can subscribe and get our videos and even watch them afterwards. But uh, yeah, today we have a pretty good uh, thing for y'all. We're still continuing in our love languages, but we're also going to do a live Q&A for the entire thing. Uh, almost nothing is off limits. Uh, when I, when I, if, if, if you need an interpretation for that, um, you, you know what I mean? All, almost nothing is off limits. Um, but uh, of course, we are Christians, so uh, uh, we're going to always answer from God's perspective. But anyway, Ezzy, how have you been, my friend? How, how's your week been? All's well, man. Week's been going good so far, man. We have our spring break this week, so uh, tomorrow, oh. at, tomorrow at three o'clock, man, school is out. Oh, praise so, so I'm excited. Yeah, tomorrow, man. So that's pretty much it. Tomorrow's going to be pretty full. Um, but but after that, man, I am I am going to rest. I'm going to rejuvenate, and and I'm excited about it because this one of those breaks that are necessary, especially going into the last hump of the school year. So, yeah, man. So uh, I'm excited, man. Ready to just take some take some time um, to to rest and 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 get ready for the next phase of life, man. So that's pretty much it. But besides that, the day was pretty good. Week's been pretty good so far. How was yours, man? I was good. We have our spring break. Um, so like they kind of coincide ours with Easter. And mm -hmm. so uh, we're actually going to take the boys um, to a theme park uh, down in Florida. I won't say which one uh, where I can go and share the gospel with them because they need deliverance. But anyway, um, mm -hmm. they're excited about that. We're going to have Easter and, um, you know, God has been so good. Uh, uh, he's always faithful, but. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, it's been going pretty good. So uh, before we get started, um, let me see. Uh, we'll answer questions later on, but if you want to start putting your questions in there, you can while we go over our, our love language feature. Um, but uh, Kirsten says hi. And then uh, the next one is, I don't know how, ah, but I mean, I'm not sure. Maybe it's just ah, Okay. Uh, food is my love language. Praise the Lord. Then you will get along with me and Ezzy very well. Hey, Mr. Ezzy, Mr. Jeff. Hey, Sana. So, yeah, oh, Sana is one of my students. Hey, girl. Yeah, that's awesome. I love your name. So a uh, little fun fact for you. My uh, wife's family is from East Africa and they speak Swahili. Uh, actually, they speak a lot of languages um, because they've been all around the world, but uh, they speak Swahili. And so Sana is very familiar to us. So um uh, I'll say Jumbo to you, although I don't know if you know what that means. But um, <laughs> it means hello. Yeah, so, she's, one of, uh, she's one of my uh, students at my school, man. Really proud of her, man, what she's doing, man. Just excited awesome. about her growth. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. So anyway, so we're going to get uh, – there's my Aunt Jeannie. She's saying hi, Jeff and Josh. Hey, Aunt Jeannie. Hey, Aunt Thank Jeannie. Thank you for joining us. And, um, uh, yeah, as you know, I get – just before we get into this, I get so many texts from – from different people that watch us that I'm connected to. And um, it's just amazing to see what God is doing because I know a lot of people don't have this environment that they can interact with somebody, uh, let alone two preachers that, that you know, it's just, it's not um, common to be able to do. So we're very blessed to do it. We wouldn't have done it if we hadn't felt led of God to do it. That's and right. uh, 
Yeah, so we're really excited. But anyway, so we're going to get into our love languages. And I think this is our next to last love language. There's five love languages. We went over words of affirmation, which was my love language. We went over acts of service, which is Ezzy's love language. We went over gifts, which is Miss Mrs. Ezzy and, and my wife, uh, 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 Joanne's uh, love language. Uh, so we went over all three of ours. And then today we're going to be talking about quality time, which happens to be both of my sons' uh, oh, wow. uh, love language. So both of them actually scored almost the exact same thing. If you go to the love language website, you can take the couples or the singles test. But underneath that, there's actually a quiz for children. And it talks about their ages. So it's for younger children and then tweens to teens type of thing where they can uh, in, uh, interact. And I think it's really great because even teachers that are watching, if you're a parent, I really wanted to know, because like Ezzy and I have said all along, this is not just about a relationship with your spouse, but also with anybody you interact with, understanding where they need to be loved. And so uh, quality time is my sons, uh, Ethan and Henry. Ethan is 12 and Henry is nine. They wow. both think they're 35 and they're not. Uh, so <laughs> I have to remind them uh, quite, you know, Ezzy, they got upset at me the other day because I beat them at uh well henry likes to play hockey and ethan likes to play madden yeah and I, and, and I beat them both and they're like man how did i lose to my dad i said bro we invented video games we yeah. are the generation of it so i said i said plus you're not going to beat me i'm not going to let it happen so no, uh, <laughs> we don't got time for no no uh no unnecessary pride to build up exactly so the <laughs> reason why i brought that up i'm not just making fun of my kids online is that that is an example of quality time, meaning it is time that is quality. So for instance, if I'm sitting on the bed with my wife, I'm watching TV and she's on her phone, is that quality time? No, it's not because it's it's time spent, but it's not quality, right? But whenever I'm spending times with my kids, like if my son Henry says, can you play hockey? My other son Ethan is like, dad, can you play Madden? And I'll say, yes. That's something that they want me to interact with them. And so we're interacting. Yes, we're playing the video game, but we're doing it together. And they feel loved when I do that because they get to spend time with their dad. And, uh, you know, every once in a while, they they break my ankles, as they say, and win their game. But um, uh, it, that's about quality time. My younger son likes chess. He likes to play Uno and things like that. My older son likes to go for walks. He likes to go hiking. He likes to play sports and like discuss stuff. So those are all examples of quality time. But uh, Ezzy, did you have anything to add? And then I think we can go into the social media aspect, but um, uh, uh, of how that has interfered with quality time, in my opinion. And I'm sure, sure it has yours. Yeah, yeah, just just the importance of paying attention. Um, yeah. one, one, if you look at the word paying attention, um, the first word is pay or paying, um, time is currency. Um, time is valuable and either you pay attention to those you love or you lose love in those you should have paid attention to. And oftentimes we forget about, um, we confuse quantity of time with quality of time. Um, right. time only matters based on the person uh, interpretation of your invested time with them. What I mean by that, if they perceive that you are not um, 
focused or paying close attention. Like I noticed with kids, um, uh, quality time is undivided attention. That your det- attention is not divided. That is not because that's all. That's kind of uh, messed up. Like that. That hurts people's feelings when they realize that you are sharing their space of time with something that is less valuable than them. And sometimes we forget about how valuable relationships are. And and I think we'll get into that with social media. But let me read this definition of quality time. It says time spent. Keyword spent. Pay attention. Spent. Time spent in giving another person's a person one's undivided attention in order to strengthen a relationship. Right. So no matter what relationship in, based on your investment, will determine the strength of that relationship. And right. and in order for a business to be strengthened, you have to invest in it. In order for ministry to be strengthened, you have to invest in it. In order for uh, relationship with God, with relationship with others, relationship with self to be strengthened, you have to invest in it. It's crazy that we have stronger cords with things that don't matter than we do strong cords and things that should matter. Right. And sometimes we we overlook the value of time because we don't know what time is. Like oftentimes I say the way you spell time is L-I-F-E. Your time is your life. And there's a lot of people right now that will scream to everyone listening and plead and beg to everyone listen that you have to pay attention or tend those who who you have no choice to be stewards over because if you don't those individuals will i mean how many fathers are regretting working many hours and now their son is struggling with his sexuality or their daughter is is pregnant out of wedlock or things are not going awry it's easy for a relationship or a family to look good when kids don't really have choices to make. But you will pay eventually because like I always say, whatever you don't tend will end, especially with men. Men have to understand that you are farmers over your garden. Everyone that you, because men pursue relationships, right? So therefore you're telling this woman, you're the one I want in my life. Then you make children with this woman. Woman, now you have multiple people up under your stewardship. Your responsibility is to shrink your life or limit your life to the level. Hold on, hold on. Was that, was that you knocking on the door? I'm sorry. Oh, I thought she, I thought my wife was knocking on the door. Um, I have these headphones on, so I thought that she was knocking, she's probably doing something else. But um, you have to shrink your life to the level of your family. Right. Because if anything outside of your family is pushing you beyond your ability to pay attention, mm-hmm. but your time of life is being paid attention to business, career, ministry, uh, other loves, etc., then you will look up one day without a family and without the joy uh, that comes to a man, which is a, a, a thriving family. And that's with anyone. Wife has to. Why women have to pay attention to their men. Singles have to pay attention to their own selves, pay attention to how they spend their time uh, because quality time must be in levels. And I'm going long, but I'll stop here. Quality time, in order for us to delegate quality time, we have to uh, devote our quality time. In order for us to develop and then delegate, we have to devote our time. What I mean by that, the more quality time you devote to God, the more you would then delegate or um, uh, uh, develop yourself with personal quality time. And as you develop within your personal quality time with self, 
then you will be able to delegate quality time because God will show you love. Love would then show you how to love yourself. And then your self-love would then show you how to delegate or uh, uh, share your love to other people because you'll know what matters to God. One thing that got me, Jeff, yeah, he showed me how family means should mean more to me than ministry. Family what? Family should mean more to me than ministry. Yeah, yeah family sh- family should, not will, but it should. Yeah. And so when we understand that, I think we'll then say, okay, what relationships in my life must I strengthen? Why must I strengthen them? What are the outcomes if I don't strengthen this relationship? I'm talking about relationship with God, relationship with self, relationship with those in your life. Because when you feel the consequences of the neglect of paying debt or paying attention, see, I don't want to get in debt when it comes to paying attention. Right. Because it may be hard to come back from in some situations. So I'll stop there. And and that's pretty much the gist of my thoughts initially. And then we can go into social media unless you have something you want to piggyback on for sure. Yeah, no, I thought that was great. And I really appreciate the comment about quantity versus quality, because let's be honest, as parents, as husbands and wives, we have a lot going on. And we live in a world where everything is going so fast that it's important to prioritize that time with that person. So it's not like, you know, you talked a lot about how, uh, uh, you know, a, a man working and like, I've noticed whenever I like am looking at my phone and I'm talking to the kids, they don't feel like I'm paying attention to them. And they'll say, dad, you know, what are you doing? Get off your phone. Look at me, you know, that type of thing. And I'm like, oh, oh, oh I'm sorry. And I, I'll go put it down and then I'll sit down and talk to them. You know, things like looking them in the eye when you're speaking, mm-hmm. repeating back what they said to you. Those are, 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 those show that you're listening. And then also, I just wanted to say one quick thing. Uh, what is your quality time like in your prayer life? Are you praying or is there quality in your prayer? Are you That's studying right. the Bible or is there That's quality good. in your study? Because there's a lot of people that just say gibberish, but they never get anything done. They call it prayer, but it's not. It's, it's, it's like a toddler, you know, uh, uh, gibber jabbering and the parents never understand. And it's like, we have to also remember that this love language is God's love language too. That when we go into prayer, that our time, it's not quantity, it's quality. So mm. as the Lord, if the Lord leads you to pray eight hours a day, that's, that's different. But if he leads you, if he leads you to pray, you know, like Smith Wigglesworth, I never prayed more than 15 minutes, but I never went 15 minutes without prayer, uh, without praying. However, you are feeling led. There's no, there's nothing in the Bible that says, here's a formula, follow it. But over and over again, you can see that the prayer that Jesus desires and the prayer that God desires is quality prayer. It's time well spent, meaning I'm not going to. Do you know that prayer without quality, you can waste waste your your time in prayer? It's a waste. And and I know some of you might take offense to that. But here's the thing, because God does hear everything. He does hear your heart. But what I mean by that is this. There is such thing as surface level prayer. Where you're just going through the motions, you're just saying the prayers, but you don't actually get to the to the underlying issue. And I feel like a lot of spouses do that, too. They discuss surface level things, but they never get to the baggage that's underneath. And so the root is never solved. Right. And I think the same thing with God. When we're speaking to God, we speak in generalities instead of being specific. I would say that being specific is about being is more uh, uh, brings more quality 
to that prayer time. Um, but anyway, that's just something that I, I wrote down about, you know, your quality time in prayer and um, uh, your Bible study. But um, uh, okay. go ahead. No, no, go ahead. And then. I yeah, yeah, that, that's else. that's 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 good point, man. And that's and that's uh, something very important. I think prayer has to be more about burden than blessing. Yeah. And what I mean by burden is I genuinely care about what's on God's heart. Exactly. And I genuinely care about alleviating burdens off of people. I want to share in ministry with him. Right. Like Jeff and I can attest just from, I really do believe we genuinely, and Jeff knows and I know we both genuinely love God. Yes. That God can care less. The Pharisees did that. They played. They prayed on their porches. They they prayed to be seen. Uh, uh, but but those who genuinely care can really pray. Literally can pray for five minutes, and that quality of five minutes will be greater than someone who prayed five hours. Right. That's because their point. their words are hollow. They're they're just doing that to to build up their self righteous muscle. Yes. Um, and and Jeff, what Jeff is saying is very paramount is that um, we got to do a better job in shrinking our lives, stilling our lives so that we can really enjoy. See, spending. I want people to understand spending time with God does not benefit God. God is self-sufficient. God doesn't need you. God doesn't need me. He wants us. If God needed us, then he's not God. Right. God wants us, therefore he is God. Right. He wants fellowship. He doesn't need fellowship. People right. have to stand quality time with, with God <clears throat> benefits us. Right. The more we engage, it literally permeates our entire lives and then flood into the various areas of uh, uh, that's connected to our lives for us to even be more effective. And so I'll stop there with quality time. Uh, but but I want I had this question here. What does it look like? Right. Quality time looks like just making room, making room for him, uh, putting him first, seeing the the importance, the necessity of putting him first. And like Jeff can tell you, a day that we start without God feels jumbled. Right. I feel like I'm getting hit by random stuff. Oh. But when we start our day with God and we enter into this new day with praise and thanksgiving and gratitude, it's like the matrix, man. No matter what the devil shoots at us, we literally moving the bullets out of our way in I, real I, I time. Go I, ahead, bro. Sorry. No, go ahead. Sorry. No, that's it, bro. Go ahead, bro. I was just going to say, I will share something personal. Um, when I get up in the morning for years, even after I got saved, almost every single morning, the devil has attacked me um, with a feeling of, I don't want to call it depression because I'm not sad. There's there It's not like that. Okay. But it's like an attack of like hopelessness, I guess what you would say. Gotcha. Maybe. And he is a, he is a, he has tried to do that now. He, he Particularly when I first got saved. But then even then, it, through, throughout my thing, he's attacked. The only thing that has ever made that go away, not counseling, mm. not medicine, 
not going to rehab, yeah. none of that stuff. The only thing that has changed is when I wake up and I do this. Simple and as so, that. And so, you know, I'm not telling you to do something that I haven't done or that I don't do. When I get up in the morning, I, I, I literally take my dog out to go to the bathroom so he doesn't pee all over the floor. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then I get him situated. And then I lift my hands. Nobody else is up. And I walk. I'm a pacer, but I'll, I'll walk back and forth. I just raise my hands and I just praise the Lord. Yeah. And I just do that. And and uh, when when I forget or don't do that, the, you're exactly right. The day does not feel right, and I have to get back into the secret place. You know. Yeah. We, go ahead. No, no. Go ahead, bro. Go ahead. No, no. You're good. Go ahead. No, I don't think we we fully understand. I think what I what I I'm I'm processing my concerns with people's strong echo of therapy therapists, um, yeah. and there's nothing wrong with that. Please understand. But anything you go to before God and developing your relationship with God could end up being a waste of time, a waste of money. And also an idol. Well, they and don't have what you're looking for. It's they don't. Be. And and um, what we have to not solve ahead. spiritual issues with with uh, um, psychological strategies. No. Now I do believe I do believe in godly counsel. That's right. I do godly believe in going, I do believe in that. I do believe in godly counsel. I do not believe in psychology. And what I mean no. by that is this: I, psychology is the world system of addressing sin. That yeah. that is that I don't believe in. However, counsel and godly counsel, I absolutely exactly. uh, you know, they want to call it therapy or whatever you want to call it. Listen, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Only yeah. Jesus can give you joy. So and, and we want to make sure that we say that. We're not saying at all that there's nothing wrong with these things. Before you do anything, you must check your heart. You right. got to make sure you understand that am I looking for a direction or am I or am I in need of deliverance? Yeah. It's going to be hard to fully be directed to a place of destiny, thriving, if there's first no deliverance. And deliverance starts with um, going deep into the root issue of your soul and finding out what is the core conceptual cause of these symptomatic things that I'm going to therapy for. But right. most of us, we, we go uh, um, to these systems first, then we are allowing the system of sanctification to purify us. And there's nothing wrong with these 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 um, tools uh, that assist, but we have to make sure that is not um, the first thing that we go to, and we neglect quality time to spend time with someone for direction. Babes, I understand, but we have to make sure, and and it's probably a testament to pastors and not them being pastors, or knowing what being a pastor is or people not knowing what a relationship with God looks like. And maybe later on in this podcast, we'll go a little bit deeper systematically and practically of what an engaging, thriving relationship with God looks like and the benefits from it. So I just went down a little rabbit hole real quick um, to let you know that what Jeff is saying, what we're saying, um, time with God, the joy of the Lord is what strengthens you. Right. And if God is not your joy, you will have issues. You will have yeah, concerns. Go ahead, Jeff. No, that's what I was saying. I'm like, my issue was not 
you know, like when I said, when I first got saved and a little bit afterwards, my issue is that the devil, meaning demonic, there was attack after attack after attack. It was not a, uh, it, meaning what I get, what I mean by that is this, a psychologist could not solve the devil attacking me is what no. I'm getting at. I had to do spiritual warfare and, and, and commit more of my life to the Lord. I'm speaking when I first came in, like how the devil would attack me. Yeah. It, it, as I died to my flesh and committed myself to the Lord and began to rebuke the devil, that's what changed. So my situation is a little bit different. I know that it was an attack. Um, he tries to now, but <laughs> I, I've learned how to praise the Lord. So it doesn't, it doesn't work out like it used to whenever he used to get me when I got saved. You know, back yeah. in two thousand and four. You know what I mean. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, I'm not against uh, counseling at all. As a matter of fact, uh, nobody should be against it because it's no. it's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. Yeah. Um, you're supposed to take godly counsel. As a matter of fact, I think Psalm one says not to take ungodly counsel. Right. So, That's so right. you you want to take godly counsel. I'm just talking about you cannot so solve a spiritual problem with a worldly uh, strategy. It's not going to work. And so, um, yeah, maybe we got off on that thing, but, uh, real quick on the social media part, I was just saying, and we don't really have to talk about this long. I was just saying, you know, if you're spending time on social media all day, you're, you, you, you're lacking the opportunity to engage with the people around you. You know, how many things do we see where, where the, the, the husband is looking at his phone and it's like, like I saw a, a picture today, Ezzy and uh, the husband and wife had their arms around each other and the husband's chin was on the wife's shoulder and vice versa. But the, but the uh, hand was out in front of them looking at their phone on each side. So they yeah. were still looking at their phone, even though they're hugging. And it's like social media. Some people I think uh, uh, can't spend quality time and are even experiencing depression because they're on social media constantly. And, yeah. and maybe that's a different topic that we can discuss because there has to be a balance there. You know, social media is not bad, but it's like a fire. If it's in the fireplace, it's good. If it's in the middle of your floor, it's terrible. You know, so yeah. or in the middle of your house, it's terrible. So, um, and, and like I said, right now it's in a fireplace. We're using social media to, to speak to you that, you know, this evening to people all around the world. So that's a good thing. But if you're addicted to social media, I guarantee you, you're not spending any quality time with the people that are around you. I guarantee it. I, I know it for a fact because I've seen it over and over and over again. So, um, yeah, so I would just encourage you all when it comes to quality time, uh, make sure that the time you spend, um, that you're getting, that you're giving something and getting something out of it, meaning that there's, there's quality time uh, with each other, no matter who that is, whether a spouse or son whoever it is, um, a daughter or, um, a, a, I mean, it doesn't matter, a friendship, make sure that that time is quality, that you're not just uh, wasting each other's time, if that makes sense. And I wanted to add to the social media piece, right? Yeah. Social media must not be the means for social development. Yeah, correct. Because we were meant to have community offline, yeah. within proximity, not through a screen. First off, technology in of itself kind of desensitizes our humanness. And now we find gratitude right. from people afar off 
or we find validation from people from far off than actually investing in relationships that are actually close. The definition of social, I wanted to pull this up so we can understand. Social by definition is relating to society or its organizations, right? So we'll start with relating to society. And the second definition is needing companionship and therefore best suited to living in communities. Needed companionship. When you're, there's no greater closeness. There's no, there's no greater close relationship than us and God. There's no second greatest level of closeness than ourselves. Then there's no other greater closeness than those who are within arm's reach. Then media, right? So when your need for companionship skips one, two, and three, and then gets into the fourth category, now you're setting yourself up to be wired mentally or excelling your wiredness in your mind to be overly invested in connecting with 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 a phone, with a device, with a, a medium that then opens up demonic pathways potentially to get you connected to things that could be very overbearing for your your humanness to overcome. That's yep. why there's going to be um, some scientific studies that has already came out and will come out about how dopamine and how phones increases that and how social yep. media and the like button and a love button. And, and when you have this overwhelming community of people needing companionship and they start going to these devices, going to people they never met or have met or they are far off. Now these people become addicted. And why do they want people addicted to their phone? Ad revenue and agenda and an agenda and agenda seating, if I can make that make plain. They want <clears throat> ads because that's gonna make money. The more you want a device looking, they make more money. And number two, they can really plant seeds of agendas mm -hmm. to develop mind control techniques. That will control the way you think, that control the way you have family, will control your tolerance levels, your patience levels. Mm -hmm. So our we, we should only want companionship outside of our need for companionship. The right. only companionship that we need is God. I don't That's need right. my wife's companionship. I, when I have children, I'm not going to need, I don't need that because need leads to perversion. Mm -hmm. I want that <clears throat> time from her. I want um, 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 community, but when my need has been met by God and he is enough for me and he yeah. sustains that, that area of my life, then I walk into wanting, not needing. And it's unfortunate how many people are looking for quality time from people who are not quality people. Right. Quality time comes from people who understand quality. I tell students all the time who struggle with breakups, who struggle with emotional trauma, whatever. I tell them that don't like just because someone leaves your life doesn't mean your quality diminishes, doesn't mean your worth diminishes. That's Nothing true. in this life should ever affect our self-worth. Right. Nothing in this life created should determine the fluctuation <laughs> of our perceived value. God determines our perceived value or should just because we are valuable. It is our, the devil knows the power is not in the value. 
The power is one's perception of their value. Right. Because a person can be immensely valuable, but if I can alter their way they view themselves, then their perceived value almost, quote unquote, becomes greater <clears throat> than their placed value. Right. Because people don't people don't care. They don't even know how much valuable, how valuable and precious they are to God. Therefore, they start needing social interactions. And since all of us have becoming dumbed down, lovers of self versus lovers of God, too caught up in this world system, then how can we really share the quality of the gospel, the quality of community, the quality of time with those that need it desperately and help them organize their life in accordance to quality time with God, quality time with self, quality time with those who are up under your stewardship, and then quality time outside of that. So that was my $4.72 on that, bro. I just wanted people to understand that, you know, definitions hold weight. And 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 it also says relating to society. There should be a distinction in us as believers. People should look at us and say there's greater quality in their life, not as far as dignity. We're talking about every man is equal, quality, valuable. Right. We're talking about the qualities. From their quality, their quality. Go ahead, Jeff. Go ahead, go ahead, bro. No, sorry. Oh yeah, that was it. Our qualities that spawns from our quality. Quality comes from God, which then Christ-like character comes in, where we start developing qualities. Yes. From what qualified us. Oh, that. Yeah. I mean, that's see. And when you were saying that, I was thinking about this. Uh, What do I mean by quality time? Uh, And then we'll get in. And by the way, y'all. We're going to do a Q&A here in just a couple minutes. So start posting your questions and we're going to go through. So first come, first serve. So make sure you guys go through and we'll, we'll try to get to as many as we can. Um, but one thing I was going to say is, you know, somebody who goes through the motions, think about it this way. When you go out and feed the poor, but you don't give them the gospel. Wow. You see, The world feeds the poor. They don't give them the gospel. Why would I say one is quality and one is not? Because does it matter if your belly's full, but you're going to hell? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So it's good to feed the poor, like I just said. But if I don't give them the gospel, where's the quality? So it's the same thing with our spouse or with people we're interacting with. Okay, I'm, I'm sitting there talking to them, but I'm not actually engaging. I don't hmm. care. I don't. I'm not emotionally invested. That's the difference. You can talk and go through the motions, but it doesn't do anything. You can feed the poor, but it doesn't do anything. You still have to have the intimacy and, and the engagement. And so, uh, you know, and, and one thing about the social media, because I always laugh about this because I, I, if Jesus had a Twitter account or, or a Facebook, I'm telling you, he would get very few likes. Yeah. The reason being is this. He said, if the world hates me, what do you think it's going to do to you? Yeah. So it's like, why are you desiring something that not even Jesus would be able to get? I am telling you. Now, maybe 300 years ago, Jesus might have got more likes. uh, uh, Maybe during the um, with the uh, um, pilgrims and things like that, Uh, 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 you know, during John Wesley and Finney and all them. But uh, today. 
like one preacher said, as he said, if Jesus preached the same message they did today, he would have never been crucified. That's real. And so so, That's so the message that yeah, exactly. So the message, the message that Jesus preached got him crucified. It did not get him likes. Man. It got him crucified. The message that he preached got him crucified. It did not get him likes. His miracles brought popularity, but his truth, his message, dispersed the cross. They went everywhere. But listen, they'll always follow you whenever you're giving them something for free. But as soon as you talk about commitment and surrender and dying to self, immediately they flip the script. And all of a sudden you see what? 120 people in the upper room waiting for the Holy Ghost. I mean, that's the thing that we don't realize. And so when you're engaging in social media because you want that attention, how much time are you spending on social media versus in prayer? How much time are you spending on social media versus speaking to your children, speaking to your spouse, engaging? I'm not talking about just exchanging words. I'm talking about meaningful engagement. You know, when Ezzy and I were little, we didn't have to deal with it because they didn't have social media when we were kids. Um, you know, but today, like my sons, they're, they're, you know, they're not allowed on social media, praise God, because there's no way in the world that would ever happen. Am I right about it? So yes, anyway, right about it. you're right about <laughs> it. All right, because as Ronald Joseph used to say, am I right about it? Am I right about uh, yeah, it? because uh, number one, I would never subject them to the trash. And I'll just finish on this. When you said that it has the ability to change the way you think, let me tell you something. If anybody rolled their eyes at that, I just want to tell you. Do you notice, like, if you were to go to my grandfather, uh, who who has passed away, but you couldn't change his mind if you tried. Hmm. But I'll tell you what, if you go to this generation, they believe anything as long as it has lights and flash. They'll believe everything and they'll go right along with it because they're easily, easily manipulated because they're constantly inundated with false doctrine, which is exactly what it is. It's false doctrine and doctrines of devils. They're inundated. And guess where they get it from? Not from their interaction with people. They get it from social media. And so whenever they're constantly inundated with that, and then you expect them to be able to go and, 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 and take down the kingdom of Satan, it's not going to happen because they're spending all their time listening to the world and no time spending time with God, no quality time with God. And, and rest assured, their, their time is quality time on social media because the devil makes sure that it's quality. That's why oh, you yeah. keep coming back for more because he wants, he wants it to be quality to your flesh, but it's not quality to your spirit. And so you're feeding your flesh over and over again. Your spirit never gets fed. And then all of a sudden mm. you wonder, you get mad at God and don't understand why things aren't working out. But it's because you look, act, and sound just like the world because that's the only thing you're engaged with. That's the only thing you give quality time is the things of the world and the people that don't mean anything to you that have no interaction with you. I mean, it, it, it's just, you know, as I, I, I kind of feel bad for this generation, you know, you yeah. and I are in our mid thirties, but I feel bad because do they, a lot of them don't even have real friendships. Like, like it's, it's not like true friendship. It, it's like superficial it's a superficial. lot of times. And yeah. And so, and on, and compound and, and pile that on top of the fact that, you know, it is a rarity and I'll end on this. It is a rarity to find true Christians. Yeah. It is a, it is a rarity. 
I I know that a lot of us think that the majority of the world is saved and everybody's going to heaven, but I will not lie to you. That is not the truth. The Bible says wide is the way to mm. hell. Narrow is the way to Jesus. Narrow, narrow, narrow. It means very few. He said very few will enter in. So when you think about that, when you sit up and you say, oh, 70% of America are Christians, not I think that, that I don't believe that at all. Maybe and I 7%. think some of you would be, say it again. I said maybe 7%. That's exactly right. I, I And I took it down to 3 to 4%, but I'm going to be hopeful and put it at 7. I was but being exactly, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no, it's good to be generous. We're hopeful and we're going to bring them in. But the thing is, is like, yeah, when they say 70, I hear 3 to 4. Because I know. Why? Because I've been around a lot of people who claim to be Christians but don't live like it. And uh, I, 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 I will say this. The great, like I said on Facebook the other day, the greatest false doctrine or false gospel ever preached is the one that gets you into heaven but doesn't change the way you live on earth. It gets you into heaven, but it doesn't change the way you live on earth. And that's a problem. That is the greatest false gospel. Sometimes they call it false grace, whatever. It switches names. But at Switches the end names. of the day, yeah, uh, it just changes with the time and with the and with the generations. But it's the same exact spirit. I'm going to try to preach to get you into heaven, but I'm going to allow you to continue to live like hell while you're on earth. You still cuss. You still drink. You're still having sex. You're still doing stuff you know you're not supposed to. You're still watching stuff you know you're not supposed to. You're listening to music you're not supposed to. You're engaging people in private messages on social media with women that you know you're not supposed to be talking to. Instead of instead of accepting their invites, you should be deleting it because you know better. And because but you say, "Why well, go to church?" Well, it doesn't matter. Jesus said, "Unless you deny yourself, you cannot follow me." So, so I just said all that to say that when we're looking for social media for our, um, what is the word, Ezzy? Like our uh, fulfillment, I guess, yeah. would mm -hmm. be the word. It's not going to work. Only Jesus can fulfill you. Uh, and re Jesus was rejected by all men. All men rejected him, even you and I. Even as, even as, even, even as closest disciple, one of them. Thank the you. One he, the one he transfigured in front of. The one Thank that you. he showed his full self to. Still yes. deny him not one time and then re because everyone will follow you if you meet their immediate need. Correct. But people will turn away from you when you start challenging their idolatry. Mm -hmm. That's good. People will kill you over their idols. Mm -hmm. Those Pharisees killed him because they idolized power. Yep. And oh, when Ezzie, no, cool. No, keep no, you preach, but my, I'm gonna be quiet because there's stuff going on right now. But anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna be quiet. We're not gonna get into that, but my God, go ahead. What people will do for power, what I am people will you do what. for power, they killed the all-powerful one. The key word all-powerful, the same power he said, You couldn't take my life, I laid it down. And the same power that 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 gave that laid it down has the power to bring it back up. But what I'm telling you is that people are friends because of common needs yep. and common idols. But the moment you start having a narrow life, that's why my question to you is how narrow or how wide is your life that will determine who's, who you are following? How wide are you? The world wide web, how wide are you? The world 
wide web. The right. world wide web. Web. What a spider web. web. Thank As, you. It attaches you. And it casts a wide web that draws the world and connects it together for, for agenda and control. Right. So what we're trying to tell you, they 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 are obvious and blatant with their agendas and their goals. So what you have to understand is that uh, um, am I only following Christ because I want my needs met, or I want to be removed from the net or webs <coughs> of my idols, yeah. so that I can now uh, 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 be a beacon of light? The world is looking for light and salt. They're looking because when the church is up out of here, there is no more, per, no, 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 nothing to preserve it anymore. There's no light. That's why I'm telling you, man, yeah. I have some points here, but I think, I think I said enough. Yeah. But what I do want to say, man, get your reps up. Do not be like the five unwise virgins family. Please do not find yourself at a critical <laughs> moment with not enough oil. Right. Don't. Oil is reps. Oils, oil is the understanding of the of the usage. See, yep. the five unwise virgins spent their oil unnecessarily. Yep. The wise virgins spent their oil necessarily, mm-hmm. which put them in a position when it was time for their oil to be needed at a great level. Mm-hmm. They were able to level up while the other mm-hmm. ones was looking for oil. And about time they found oil, it was too late. So you don't want to invest in develop skill sets and relationships through the World Wide Web or through fake friendships and stuff like that, that you don't have your reps up. If you don't have your reps up, how can you be a representation? Right. You just can't walk out there and pray for someone's healing if you don't if you don't got your reps up. If like, how can you walk in a power that you're not immersed in? How can you walk in a power without the empowerment of the spirit of God? And so I'm going to transition over to Jeff because I know I, I, I pinched a preacher's nerve when it comes to what, what, what was it, Jeff? Oh, uh, idols. Go ahead, Jeff. They need they need to hear from you about that because idolatry is not spoken a lot, man. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're talking about that for a minute. Like we said, get to your questions and we'll start getting to your questions. But yeah, like... Uh, that I, it was powerful when you said that about um, they, they'll come after you when you give them your needs, but they'll attack you whenever you have your idols. What is an idol? Mm-hmm. Anything that takes priority over God. That's right. Anything that I love more than him is an idol. A wife can be an idol. A job can be an idol. Social media likes can be an idol. That's right. I actually like I actually wish they had dislikes because I like those better. Uh, uh, that, that way I know I'm doing <laughs> That way, that way I know I'm doing my job. That's so, uh, 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 um, <laughs> uh, so, so, you know, the thing is, is that, you know, what, what did, uh, Ravenhill used to say? He said, a man who is intimate with God, um, is not intimidated by man. Not even close. A man who is intimate with God is not intimidated by man. And the thing is, is that this society teaches you to have idols. Yeah. The leaders teach you to have idols. You know, remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, because they would not bow down to the idol. They said, mm-hmm. listen, know this, O king. 
whether he delivers me or not. That's Mother. none of your business. <laughs> but whether he does it or not, I know this, O king. We will not bow down to you. No matter what. And sometimes what. like, you have to get like that with the idol that is in your life. Know this, oh, whatever. Social media, uh, whatever, you're, whatever you're coveting, whatever you are uh, idolizing, whether God delivers me of it or not, I'm not going to bow down to you anymore. I'm not going to go into that store anymore. I'm not going to go to that website anymore. I'm not mm. going to uh, engage with that family member anymore. I'm not going to argue with that person anymore. I'm going to stop being doing this and this and this. Know this. Well, I don't care if it kills me. Mm -hmm. I don't care if it kills me. And whatever you send to kill me is going to die. So make the fire real hot. Remember that? So yep. whether I'm going in, I'm going to walk with Jesus. Whether I live or I die, mm. I'm going to walk with him. If I've got to walk with him into death, I'm going to do it. If I'm going to stay alive in him, I'm going to do it. It does not matter. I'm not going to let an idol set itself up on my life and prioritize it over who Jesus is in my life. And I'm telling you, a lot of you have idols. You know, one idol is this, always trying to be right. Some yeah. of you, you in, in your relationships, you always want to be right. And that's an idol. Instead of being kind, you, you want to be right every single time. And as a result, instead of actually engaging in quality time with your spouse, you want to be right so much that it ends because that's all you care about. You don't care about solutions. You care about being right because it's an idol because you want to, you want to be in the right place. And that's what's destroying your marriage. I don't know who that's for. I just want to say that out loud. But what I'm saying is you can't let idols, but no, We'll get into the questions. Maybe we can do something on idols sometimes because I'm telling you what, uh, this society is, I, they, oh, I, 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 you, they idolize every, and listen guys, uh, there's such thing called marketing. All it is, is getting them to put, to put your eyes on what they want you to think is important, yeah. but it's not important. You know, there, there's a reason why they have commercials on television. Because they know that most people will not cast down imaginations. So they'll put them up right in front of you instead of you turn them, turning them off. You know, for instance, I'll give you an example. Well, I, I want to celebrate the, the power of women. And so they have half-naked women during the Super Bowl show for my sons to watch that I turned off, of course. Stuff like that. They make you idolize things and they put it under the guise of something that is good when it is not. It is false. And it is anti-biblical and ungodly and anti-Christ. It's the exact opposite of what Jesus said. It's the exact opposite. And so they will try. So that's one thing I'll, I'll finish with is that these idols, they don't come in like, you know, with their danger, danger sticker on them. They come in under the guise of something that's good, something that's appetizing so that it can lead you in and pull you away and destroy your life. It doesn't just come in and say, hey, I'm going to kill you and destroy you. It comes in and says, look at me. Look at the fruit that I have, Eve. Look at how good it is. Look at what you'll be able to do. Don't you want to be like God? Isn't he great? Why wouldn't mm. you want to be like him? You see that? And, and yet God said, don't touch the fruit. So, you know, and I'm not saying it's an apple. Or it could be an orange. I, I You know, uh, whatever it is, I don't care. But what I'm saying is. Uh, a, or dra a, a, a dragon fruit. A dragon fruit. Or, or yeah, whatever it is. It doesn't matter. Uh, exactly. So. Anyway, yeah, we can get into the uh, uh, Q&A now, but yeah, maybe we can talk about idols sometime because that is, oh, oh my goodness. It, yeah. I'm telling you what, what I, 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 if you don't 
allow Jesus to destroy the idols in your life. Idols Remember destroyed. I said, allow Jesus. I didn't say you. You cannot destroy the If you don't allow Jesus to destroy the idols in your life, they will take over your life. You, you are, there's no such thing as I'm not against Jesus. If you're not, for, he said, if you're not for me, you are against me. Against me. So every, every single person that says, well, I don't have a problem with Jesus. I just don't want to commit to him. It's not true. Jesus said, you are either for me or you are against me. You either love evil or you, or, 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 and, and they do, they'll justify their sin for it. Or you love me and you run from evil. So. Just two two quick points that you yeah, triggered that I that I think is fitting, and then we'll get to the first question, our brother Joshua Pittman here. But um, there's two things that Jeff said that triggered two thought thoughts in my mind that I make I want to make sure I share quickly. Um, imaginations. The Bible says, "Casting down vain imaginations and every thought that exalted itself against the knowledge of God." Yep. Your level of knowledge of God would determine what imaginations or images. You accept. Look at the word imagine. It starts with the word image. These commercials use images that poses uh, or wants you to imagine what life would be like with their product right. or like what life would be like with their ideals. Then they got they leave you after 30 seconds, 15 seconds so that you can start imagining. Imagination or imagining is giving life to the image that was placed in you so that you will ultimately bear that image. That's good. That's why we got to make sure we don't accept all images. People are people are dressing the way they're dressing because of the images. People are talking the way they're talking because of the images. People are accepting things based upon how soft they make devilish images. Yep. Oh, we should. We could tolerate that. Oh, everyone should love who they want to love. See, it's a devilish image, softened, right? Pli pliable, uh, chewable, swallowable. Where now you start, and now you giving clearance to your kids watching these things, or you giving yourself clearance watching these things, and you're wondering over time that you're no longer bearing the image of Christ, but you're now bearing the image of this world. It all starts with the image. So they've put these images in front of you to get your brain to think or imagine what life would be like or how your life will look if you have X, Y, Z item or ideologies in your life so that you can over time bear the image of that thing and then pass that imagery down to those who bear your image, which are your children. That's why images are, yeah, go ahead, bro. I want, no, I, I want to add so you don't go, go to your next point because it, it brought up. Do you know the MTV in their in their offices when they first started said they had a sign on the thing that said from the cradle to the grave? To the grave, from the cradle to the grave. That's what they want. Go ahead, sorry. They want they if they there there's also saying if they have the kids mind by a certain age, I forgot what that age is, they literally got them to the grave. Proven scientifically, marketing <clears throat> strategies. If I, why do you think they invest so much perversion in Disney? Yep. And you look at Disney, they got 666 even in his own name. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, all these different things with surrounding Disney. They know the power of images in an undeveloped, uh, uh, the power <clears throat> of images in a developing mind. 
The mm -hmm. devil loves attacking us during our formative years. That's why many of us are still are heading towards our graves with root issues from when we were children. Because yep. he knows that young people's minds are unable to process images like an adult would. So people like Jeff and I, who have deep sounding discernment, are able to perceive de devilish intentions or devilish agendas, even in subtlety. Yep. That's why the spirit of God is supposed to enlighten you to help you discern even the, the craftiness of the devil. Right. Yep. God yep. informed Adam before the devil came. The devil like, OK, we'll get into that. But what I'm trying to say is this, is that they know if I can get to the kid's mind or a babe in Christ's mind with false doctrine, no matter what level, babe in a natural, babe in a spiritual, I can literally control their pockets, control their thinking until their grave. Unless right. you allow who died for you and rose for you to set you free. Last point and I'm done. Jeff spoke strongly, strongly about confidence, about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, yep. about how they would not bend their knee despite what the outcome was. Look at the word confidence. What is the, what is the main word in that? Confide. Whoever you confide in will determine your confidence. Right. If you confide in God and you vibe with God and your confidence comes from him because that's who you go to, what's death, family? Maximum six-minute process? Drowning is the maximum death kind of thing in that six minutes? As far as actually death happening, I know there's probably stuff that takes longer time. Compared to eternity? So you have life. You have life, then you have death, then you have eternity. Right. No comparison. Because no what would be messed up is if you stand in front of somebody and you are ashamed of Jesus. What did Jesus say? If you're ashamed of me before men. I'll be ashamed of you before my father. And it's not just with words. No. The intentions of the heart, my friends. That's yep. enough, man. Because uh, yep. it was getting a little heavy. Yeah. <laughs> <Just joking laughs> Heavy in a good way, but that's that's the truth is the way out. This is the way out podcast. Well, the truth will set you free. Yeah, and the reason why we get heavy is because you know some I, I don't ever want to come off as angry. I just want to come off that, you know, I hate the devil and I hate whenever he takes control of people's lives that I know don't have to live the way that they're living because I have seen him do it in my own own life where God has has uh, uh, changed my life and saved me. I know he can do it for you. And, uh, and as he feels the same way. So, yeah. So, oh, I hear a storm coming. Jesus. All right. <laughs> He'll be walking on the water with us. But anyway, uh, it's, is it raining there or no? No, yeah, I can't hear with these headphones. I don't even know what's going on. Okay. You're good. All right. So, yeah, we want to do uh, some questions here. And if you have yeah. questions, keep on typing them and we'll go through. I saw a few good ones. I think Joshua's, uh, he, it's like a, a, he posted it in threes. Okay. Um, like three sections, okay. I think, what I'm saying. So go ahead. Hey, Coach, I'm a sports journalist who blogged a lot but haven't blogged or hasn't or hasn't blogged since the end of the NFL season. Everybody keeps telling me how I need to diversify myself and blog about other sports, but I don't have a passion for it ever since I came to God. Passion for – okay, I'll keep reading. Me learning other sports I feel would make – 
will be making an idol out of it. So I just stick with football, but everybody is, oh, let me scroll down. You know what I'm saying? But everybody is saying it's going to be a long, rough road for me. But now that I have God, I trust he can do a lot with opening doors. Any advice? You want me to go first, Jeff, or you want to, you want me? Yeah, no, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So basically everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people is going to have a lot to say about you going along God's way because God's way is unconventional. God's way is original, but unconventional because the way the world thinks is contrary to the simple things of God. The Bible says the simple things of God confounds the wise. Yep. So when you understand that, um, uh, who would have known I would have been here today? Who would have known if, that Jeff would be where he is today? Because I promise you along our path this way, a lot of people had a lot to say. But there will come a day when everyone will see God's manifestation in your life and mm -hmm. revealing that you, your obedience to him is what led to your success. Now, you're right. If if football, people think that God, God, I posted a status the other day, or was it yesterday or today? I said, God is not trying to change what you love. He wants to right. change how you love it. That's good. He's not trying to, see, Islam, the difference between Islam and Christian. I think it was today, or, or I saw it in my uh, memories on Facebook. Well, I'm going to share it. So I, I'm going to share that. I like that. All right, go yeah. ahead. Sorry. <laughs> like, is, it, the difference between Christian and Islam is that, and no offense to my Islamic brothers, just hear my heart, because I got some brothers that I know are, are Muslim, but they know I love them, so it ain't no question. Yeah. But what I say is, uh, some parts of Islam, I'm going to act like I'm a um, master in understanding Islam, but you can kind of tell from the culture that your God wants you to change everything mm -hmm. to make it all about him and how he wants things to roll. <clears throat> Christianity, Christ says, I love that you love football. I just want to change how you love football. And I want you to be in this football world because people are in that football world. God is not trying to control the way you, now don't get me wrong. There are um, things that he wants to control the way you present yourself. He don't want you wearing holes in your jeans up to your crotch. We're not talking about that. But there is some fashionable and stuff that he wants to be modest, both male and female. But what we have to understand is this is that he just wants to change how you love it. So to answer your question is this, it doesn't matter what everybody else is saying. Sometimes the more you diverse yourself, the more wide you become and the more accepting of different things you become, or you start shrinking your quality time with God because now you focus on all these different sports because maybe God just wants you at football so he can have you during basketball season and softball season and golf season. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe football, because when you start broadening yourself to all sports, now year round, you're more consumed with sports. And now sports is now becoming a God to you, your sole source of provision. See, I read a scripture to my students today, Jeff. I think it was Psalms 113 or 123 or 139. But it said, um, uh, God, don't give me too much that I leave you, nor give me too little that I steal. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think Solomon, Solomon, something along those lines. What that's basically saying, I just want to stay in your will, God. Don't give me. I told a student, I said, if God was to never give you a dollar again, would you still serve him to the end? Right. Crickets. Because <laughs> money the is 70, not. Yeah. 70 percent right there. Crickets. Yes. Yeah. Crickets. <laughs> because God saying money was never meant to be your only source of provision. 
I can provide multiple ways. So let's get to a question because preachers, we can go through tangents. We be just going down different roads. I'm gonna come back around now. Hey, coach, I'm a sports journalist who blog, but a lot, but hasn't blogged since the end of the NFL season. Cool. Just sharpen your craft until football season comes again. Everyone keeps telling me how I need to diversify myself and blog about uh, other sports, but I don't have a passion. Let's go where the passion is. Pa- passion. Let's look at the word compassion because passion has an element of selfish ambition to a degree. Compassion has a little bit more empathy. What in the world is asking your passion to come towards it? I only send my passion to where I feel God pulling my passion to come towards. I have a passion in basketball, but am I going to start a basketball uh, business? No. That's a passion, but not a compassion. So, yeah, you don't want to make it until I. That's simple. But I think I have said enough. I think I, I think I did. I think I did a due, due diligence. Yeah, but I mean, you, that's fine. Go ahead. That's good. <clears throat> yep. What's the next one? Let me see him scroll down. Uh, here we go. Aries says, go ahead, Jeff. Uh, this is from a movie. Why does Satan spend his time punishing sinners that he is supposed to adore to prove a point to a God that he is supposed to despise? First of all, <laughs> this is good because they're, they're good. coming from. Yeah. So, all right. Why, why does Satan spend his time punishing sinners that he is supposed to adore? Okay. Number one, uh, it, Satan is not punishing anyone. What I mean by that is this. Yeah. The devil has no authority over anyone's life unless they give it over to him. Number one. Um, so the Bible says that the way of a transgressor is hard okay the way of a transgressor is hard so anybody who is transgressing the law of the spirit is automatically going to run into difficulty now remember that does not mean i think it's luke chapter 14 as he correct me if i'm wrong about falling on uh building on the sand versus building on the rock it does not mean that bad or difficulty difficult things will not come to the christian the difference is that the Christian will still be standing after the difficult thing comes. Okay. Uh, furthermore, uh, it says to prove a point to a God he is supposed to despise. Uh, number one, the devil only thinks about himself. He only thinks about himself. He will always only think about himself. The only reason he does what he does is because he's thinking about himself. So that's because that's what he is. He is selfishness. He is lies. He is murder. He is everything to its yeah. core. He is darkness. And so you have to remember what I would be concerned about is not what Satan is doing. The Bible says what you should fear God who is able to destroy both body and soul in hell. That's who there should be a reverence for and a fear for. Satan can't do anything. Even look at Job's life. Job wasn't a sinner, meaning he wasn't living in sin. But the devil couldn't touch him unless he asked for permission. That's mm. how weak he is. So he only has permission whenever God grants it or whenever somebody grants it, meaning they give him authority right. uh, to do those things because they are relying on the flesh or the things of this world or they are are yielding to their members, as Paul would put it, um, instead of yielding to the spirit. That's so right. uh, when it says, why does Satan spend his time punishing sinners? Now, I, I, I do know that there are people who have made covenants with the devil. And when they're disobedient, Satan punishes them. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and, and if you're talking about that, I understand that witches and warlocks and things like that, uh, where he does punish them. I've known athe- uh, uh, not atheists, um, uh, warlocks 
who, who were disobedient to Satan and he put blindness on their eyes um, for a year, actually. Uh, so I know that he does do that, but that has nothing to do with um, uh, uh, Satan uh, punishing. It's more like they have yielded to him yielded. and he has, he, they have given him authority over their life to do whatever he wants with their lives. Meaning what, what I'm getting at is that God is ultimately the ruler. He's the one that's in control. Um, and, 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 and remember even, I don't know if this is off the subject, but remember when Jesus was about to die and, and, and uh, what's his face was pleading with him. He said, don't you know, I have the power to, to save you. And Jesus looks at him and said, you have no power except for that, which has been given you from given above. To you. Nevertheless, the person that delivered me as the, is the greater whatever. But like, the thing is, is this, like, this is a leader of a country or, or of, of, of that area. And Jesus says, not even you who don't even know me have, have power. You don't even have power unless my father gives it to you. Yep. So Satan doesn't have authority to do anything that unless we give him authority. You know, that's why when a Christian, when we say that we have victory, it's because it's been bought and paid for. Fully. We Our victory is bought and paid for as so long as we endure to the end. Now, if I live my life any way I want, and this is where you get into Christianity saying, you know, because I hate when people do this, uh, Ezzy, when they blame God for everything, and that's not the subject of this of this question, but when they blame God for everything, but they're the ones that are living in disobedience. Well, yeah. of course, you're you're gonna suffer the the Bible says you reap what you sow, you know, and so um uh, I don't know what movie this is from, but uh, yeah, I mean, as far as sinners, I don't know if they're dead or alive, but Satan doesn't do anything. God is the one who destroys body and soul in hell. You know, they think that, remember, David said, even if I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. To, yeah. God is still a God of justice. It's not like he disappears from hell. He still is implementing justice in, in that regard. So um, I don't know. I think that's <laughs> that's, that's a funny question, bro. but uh, that's, that's, that's good. Nothing else, uh, that's nothing else I should add to that, man. That's just, that's... Yeah. Fully explained. Yeah. yeah. Iris uh, says, still going strong, brother. Josh, love it. Oh, okay. I've been following your words of wisdom for years. Much respect and love from Two Skin. And thank y'all so much. I appreciate you, Iris. God gets the glory. Trust me. Yes. What Jeff and I do in ministry is for his glory. And I'm glad that God is using it. So he definitely gets all the glory. And uh, Mama says, good evening. All the people who said hello, hello, hello. We love y'all. Thank y'all so much for saying hi to us. Hey, LaShondra. Um, let's scroll down. Yeah. Eye contact is huge. Because yeah. the eye is the window to the soul. Yeah. And, and people want, we're human beings. with the, We have a soul. We we want connection. And that eye contact burst out. Aries says, how does someone know that they are saved? Well. <laughs> Look at your fruit. The Bible says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. You know you're saved when you're bearing fruit. You know you're saved. Fruit meaning love, joy, peace. You start beginning to see a difference in you. Another, another uh, um, proof or evidence of salvation is when there's remorse for sin. You may be still sinning, but you don't want to sin no more. And based upon your support system and your surroundings will determine how much you get out of that sin. But you have a deep like, I don't want to do this anymore. When just the other week or so, month ago, you loved it. Now you're like, hold on, I don't want to do this anymore. Another sign that, or fruit that you're saved is that you, you're loving God. 
you, you are aware of God in a deeper way and you desire him, right? Uh, there's a lot of other things that I'm just coming on top of my dome, but those are signs that you're saved. Now, a signs of false salvation is what Jeff said earlier. You rose your hand, you gave your life to quote unquote to the preacher, not God. You gave your life to a membership, you gave your life to that, but you have no remorse for your sin. You don't desire to change. You start making accommodations and excuses for why you want to sin. Jesus is now an accessory, like something, something that um, assists what I want to do versus the entire uh, attire of who I am. He's the one that clothes me, not the one that's clothed on me, like an accessory. But 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 true salvation, the real ones know. It's, it's, it's a supernatural event that alters the way you perceive, the way you sense, the way you live, even at a babe state, you know. Um, but Jeff, I just want to add to that, Jeff, but that's just some of the things... Uh I'll say one thing uh, to answer that. I'll be very frank. If you had a hundred pound bag on your back. There you go. Uh, and I removed it. Would you notice the difference? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's as simple as that. If you had to carry a hundred pound bag up a mountain and I took the bag off of you, would you know the difference? Mm -hmm. The answer is yes, you would. That's how you know you're saved. You will notice the difference because you will hate the things you once loved and you will love the things you once hated. So, yeah, I mean, uh, when I got saved, I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt because the 100-pound bag fell off my back. Yep. I knew beyond a shadow. There's no discussion. So, yeah, that's a great question, Aries. I appreciate that. Um, All right. What do we got next? Um, um, oh, I think I – oh. Oh she, oh, she said, right, great. great. Oh, y'all talking to each other. Ultimately, ultimately, we belong to God and we were talking – okay, gotcha. Yep. Perfectly said. Uh, Aries, Aries got the questions. Appreciate you for holding up the Q&A portion of this discussion. So ahead, it says, uh, okay, sorry, sorry. It says, uh, is intimacy a want or a need in a marriage? This is a good question. Uh, yeah. I hear many women and men say they have needs and label intimacy as a need. Mm. So, um, uh, okay. I'm trying to think about how to break this down for you in a, in a way that makes sense. Um, is intimacy a want or a need in a marriage? Okay, I here forget about wants and needs and think about it from this perspective. Can you have a good marriage without intimacy? The answer is no. So it is a necessity in that regard, meaning to have a good marriage, it is necessary to have intimacy. And I say that because, for instance, do you think you can have a good relationship with God without intimacy? You cannot. Now, of course you want intimacy. And I, and I know, I think you're playing off of what me and Ezzy said earlier. And, mm -hmm. and we're saying that we shouldn't need those things and all that kind of stuff. That, that, that from that perspective, what Ezzy said makes I sense. But you. in the context of marriage or relationship, I'm, I, I'm more interested in what is going to make your marriage thrive. And I can tell you for a fact, if you don't have intimacy in a marriage, you have a roommate. That's true. Without intimacy in any relationship, you have an acquaintance. The intimacy, you know, because oftentimes they think about that in a sexual term, but it's more than that because you have intimacy with God. You have intimacy with your friends. For instance, there are things that I share with Ezzy as my brother in Christ that I don't share with you all and vice versa. Why? Why? Because he and I have built up over 
uh, uh, that relationship over many years of being yes. very good friends to where we share, share the most intimate details of our life that we wouldn't share with somebody else that was an acquaintance that I didn't have intimacy with. You see, so so don't think of it just in the sexual sense, but think of it in the in the in the in the, in, the, in, the, in the relationship sense of any relationship that without intimacy. So, so so when you say I hear many women and men say they have needs and label intimacy as a need, I, it's it's from it's a necessity. I will say that if you want a good marriage, it is necessary to have intimacy, and it goes back to what Ezzy and I said earlier. Uh, if I have quality, if I have time with my wife. And we're both doing this and looking at our phones and all that kind of stuff versus I have quality time. Whose marriage do you think is going to be better? If Ezzy is always spending time engaging with his wife, talking with her, listening, spending quality time. And every time my wife talks to me, I look at my phone. I'm paying attention to something else. I'm doing whatever. Who do you think is going to have a better relationship? It doesn't matter how much potential I have. I'm going to have a bad relationship. And Ezzy is going to thrive in most instances because of that intimacy that they're developing, right? So I would say intimacy is absolutely, I, I don't want to say it's a need. I, I can't say that, but yeah, it's a necessity. It's, it's like it's a, there's a difference between necessity and need. Yeah, like the need, I, the exactly. need No, no, not, not what Jeff said, but need that what Jeff no, no, and I were talking you, about before was idolatry. There are yes. men and women who desperately need intimacy for fulfillment, for yeah. identity. That's different. That's yeah. different. But yeah. uh, intimacy is a necessity in friendship, in relationship with God, and in intimacy yes. in regards towards in, in the bedroom, in a marriage, or in a marriage yeah. period. Because yeah. that's why I tell people there's a big difference between um, giving your love and giving your heart. There's levels to love. So I tell I tell people there's different access points that we should have in our lives, right? I give the analogy of this is that there's people that you will talk in the street, but you won't let them in your front yard. Correct. There's people you'll bring in the front yard to play with the dogs and have conversation, but you won't let them sit on your front porch for a period of time. Right. There are people you'll let sit on the front porch for a period of time, but you won't even let them in your living room. Even though they made it to the front porch, they didn't make it to the living room. There are certain people right. that, that you will share your living room with, but you won't share your bedroom with. Unfortunately, we live in a world where people make sidewalk people uh, access to bedrooms because right. people don't understand the levels of intimacy, the levels. The more right. intimate a friendship is, and most people confuse intimacy with sex, which, which is one of the, actually probably the great, well, relationship with God is the greatest form of intimacy, but sex in a marriage is probably the closest. Well, sex is a result of intimacy. The yeah. result. There we go. That's what I'm trying to say. It's the result of bonding. But people think yeah. intimacy is bonding in flesh first before bonding in spirit first. Exactly. You, people should not bond backwards. People are bonding backwards. They're bonding soul. They're bonding, they're bonding body, then soul, then spirit. It should right. be the other way. I bond in spirit. This is who God spiritually has placed in my life for a common goal and common purpose. Then we bond soulishly. Then we bond physically. Exactly. That's the proper process of bonding. Is this a spiritually sent person by God? Is this a spiritual thing by God for me? Is this person God's friend for me? This is this God's person. Is this God's wife for me or husband yeah. for me? Spirit first. Then you open up your soul. 
Your soul yep. is your mind, will, and emotions. Then you, because you knew God sent them. And now, now listen, just because God sent them doesn't mean they're sent to be a husband or a wife or a friend. Right. It could be they were sent for you to minister to. But if yep. they are key people, God sent my wife, God sent Jeff's wife, already built with the grace yep. for our soul, right. the grace to please our bodies. You see what I'm saying? God foreknows. He knows. Yep. So, But most people, they're just soulishly, spiritually dead, soulishly everywhere, and bodies ready to feed their souls. And they're wondering why they have idolatry in the midst of their intimacy. So yeah. is intimacy a necessity? You better believe it because that's the investing in a relationship to strengthen it. But when you are in desperate need in the point of idolatry, then, your, then you want your wife to be a mistress now. And, and that's what confuses a lot of men because a wife can't be no porn star. For all the young people, you might want to just mute right now, okay? <laughs> oh, and what happens is people start, because I got a, young, a lot of young people, they're in the comments now. Um. But but what I'm saying is, is that uh, uh, a wife and a husband or a friend can't give you 100%. They can't because right. God is the only one that can sustain us 100%. So what happens is my wife only really gives me 80% of what I need. I only give typically 80% of what she needs. God is the only one that gives 100% of what she needs. You know what I'm saying? 100%. And what I mean by that is... The greatest asset in Jeff and I's marriage that we can tell you is not our wife. It's not our money. It's the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. That enables us to do what we're incapable of. How can you have intimacy thriving in a marriage if you don't have intimacy with the Holy Spirit in your singleness? It and just yeah, ain't going to work. And to, to your point, I, I wanted to add, you know, if it becomes an idol, what happens when your wife gets pregnant? Yeah. I and want you, to tell you. I want to tell you that 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 uh, um, she's going to be um, less engage, engaging because she's dealing with a lot of things that are going a on lot. on the inside of her body. Whenever she first has kids, her whole mind is going to be consumed with those kids. You you have to be able to be fulfilled in Christ so yeah. that you can come along and help her in yeah. that arena. So that if you now you still need intimacy, but what I'm saying is like. You're going to have to put yourself on the back burner, especially if you if you love your wife and want to be there for her so that she can thrive and be the best that she can be for your children. And during that time, because there's different seasons that you're going to be going through and you right. have to be able to be fulfilled by God instead of relying on them. So that's what he means by that. It is a necessity, but it becomes an idol when it's when when you can't survive without it. That's a problem. It becomes your identity. And I told my wife the other week, I said, I'm already preparing myself for her as a mother. Right. I'm already, I already know I'm about to be last, last. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, no, no, not, not necessarily because it's because no, no, I know. You're right. It's, Go ahead. Things change. No, no. As, things a, change. as a father. Yeah. Things change. I, and I want to, you know, sometimes, <coughs> excuse me. You're going to save a little bit extra money so you can take her out of town away from them kids. That's right. She needs a break. She That's how it. you're going to have to be able to be intimate. So you're going to have to prioritize and set some things aside to make sure that that happens. But yeah, um, I think intimacy, that's good. I think intimacy is, are you into me? Intimacy is, are you into me? Are you into who I am and what I need at the moment? 
Intimacy develops in that. What do, how can I serve you? Cause I love you. I'm into you. You're into me. Therefore we have intimacy. At a preach. Ari says, how can we introduce the gospel to others without causing offense? My friend, the gospel is offensive. That's what I was going to say. The gospel is an offense. I don't know how to extremely, that. extremely <laughs> offensive. That's why the best way to share the gospel is with your life. Okay. The gospel is offensive to the people who are offended, easily offended and who wants to offend. Foolishness to, the Bible yeah. says it's foolishness to those that are perishing. Yeah. There um, you go. I love that scripture. Foolishness. I, I, it's foolishness. Like it becomes what they say, it becomes a stumbling block to the Jews and folly to the Greeks. Yeah. They laugh at the idea of a God dying <clears throat> for man. That's folly. Yeah. It's a stumbling yeah. block to the Jews because, whoa, the Messiah came. That means this whole system is no longer needed. <laughs> that means I'm without a job. So it's a stumbling yeah. block because now the spirit is doing this, not a man anymore. Yeah. Right. So when you introduce you, you have to you have to prepare and be open and ready to offend people because, like we said, everybody cares about what you meeting their immediate need. But when you start uh, offending their idols, they will be offended. But those whose hearts has first been toiled by the Spirit of God, and you as a messenger plant the seed at the right time, based upon God's sovereign sovereignty, right? Then that person will welcome that gospel because they have been ready for it. But those who are evangelists, you hear me? Those who spew the gospel everywhere, they're going to get a lot of offense because you out there in the marketplace, you're out there in the street telling people, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. I mean, <laughs> the gospel it, is good news. It, Do you know what the gospel is? The gospel is a declaration of a new order. So yep. you have you either you respond or you die. And everybody right. responds to the gospel. The gospel ain't this cute, cuddly thing. The gospel is, here's a new order. I right. am king of kings. I am Lord of lords. Those who follow me will have eternal life with me. Those who don't will burn in hell that was only created for Satan and his angels. How will you respond? Yeah, and, and I would say one other thing. I would say one other thing, Iris, if you want to share with them, the Bible says that God's kindness leads us to repentance. So when you show, when you show kindness and unconditional love for those around you, that opens a door to share the gospel um, that they are not offended on the start of that. Well, on the front end, I guess is what I'm saying. Meaning... A lot of times Jesus would go, like, for instance, what about the woman that uh, they were stoning? She was living in prostitution, and what she and what Jesus had to tell her was offensive. But here's the thing. He came in and said, which of you, uh, uh, you know, basically hasn't been in sin? Let him cast the first stone. And they all dropped their rocks. Okay. And then he said, uh, go and sin no more. If he had just come and said, quit sinning like the rest of them were doing with their stones, mm -hmm. nothing would have changed. You see, you see, he, he went to the heart of the matter, but first he showed kindness. He That's said, right. hold on a second. He came over and he said, hold on. All of you that are attacking her, I know what she's doing is wrong. He didn't say that, but everybody knew what she was doing was wrong. But he said, if you have lived sin sinless, then you can go ahead and throw, throw the stone. Now, here's the thing. Here's the part. 
Jesus did live sinless and he did not pick up a stone. Hmm. He said, go and sin no more. And he, the only the one, one who has a right to throw the stone was him. And he didn't. And, and he didn't. So that's one way that you win them. You see how he, Jesus always has the answers in the scriptures. He came in and defended not her sin, but her humanity. Oh, because he addressed the fact that you are no different than all of these people holding stones. I'm the only one that has a right to throw something at you. All of these people, mm. none of them have a right. They can throw the stone. None of them have the right. I'm the only one that has the right. And yet, I'm just going to tell you, go and sin no more. He showed her compassion. That's that it. is what you need, is compassion. Make when sure. you introduce compassion, the gospel is easier to share. Go ahead. My bad, bro. It was, it was cutting off, so I didn't know if you stopped no, or good. not. No, go the reason why, make sure that your approach is not offending them. Mm -hmm. Defend so you don't offend. Empathy yeah. has a way of filling up the empty areas of a person's life. And mm -hmm. most people's evangelism is brutal, mean, inconsiderate, right. self-righteous. So they're thinking the gospel's offending them. No, your approach is. Yeah, exactly. So that, but, that's what but, I meant by the front end. Yes. Exactly. And that's what Jeff was saying. And, and that's why I would tell you this, um, a young lady, is that um, live the gospel. Yeah. What Mother Teresa said, she said, uh, share the gospel and use words if necessary. Yeah. I've reached more, I've reached more people for God by them looking at my life versus them hearing about my life from my lips. It's been a difference. I've shared the gospel with people and it had, it has some tremendous effects, but the greatest effects that the gospel has had when they seen it in my life, people don't care about what you say. If what you say is not evident in your life, it is simple as that. Share the gospel in your everyday, being kind to people where they don't deserve it. Taking the humble road, being loving, people will be drawn to you. And then they will start asking questions about why are you like the way you are? Well, let me tell you about a man that saved my life. Then their hearts are a little bit more open because they've been watching you because their lives are a little bit more open because you've been an open book to what the gospel has done in your life. And and I'll tell you what, they can get offended all they want. But if you if you if you pray for healing and they get healed. What, what are they going to be offended by? Oh, they're going to listen. I, what, I mean, exactly. Oftentimes, Jesus will use healing or he will use miracles to, to get them out of the realm of themselves and into the realm of Christ to where they can hear what they really need to hear. Jesus said, go and sin no more because he knew sin was the problem. Remember, the people were saying the exact same thing. You're sinning, so we're going to punish you. But Jesus was more concerned with her life. They were concerned about reputation and things like, exactly. God will heal before someone accepts him. That's my sister. Just to show, exactly. Thank you. So that's what I'm getting at. So right, let's and, see. And, so next and, question. And we just oh, got to go understand that what Paul said, I didn't come with eloquency of speech, but with the power of God. Right. People exactly. talk well about God, but not showing the wellness of God, if that makes sense. Mama says. Imagine. Yeah, I always oh, approach somebody without an agenda. 
That's right. Because the world always has an agenda or an ulterior motive. And unfortunately, some of these evangelists on TV do as well. But we're, that's another story for another time. All right. Uh, all right. My mom. Hey, mom. So says mm -hmm. we are seeing more people on corners asking for money. Um, do you give or do you think it's a scam? I feel like I should give because what if it's a real need and I don't answer it? This is a great question. Yeah. So uh, I, I, I deal with this all the time and, I, I, and I'm going to tell you exactly what I do. I never give to anyone unless the Holy Spirit leads me. That's it. Every time. So uh, here's the thing. They could look like they're well-to-do, but if the Holy Spirit leads me to give to them, I'll do it. Because God knows, because some people have on a facade because they're pretending to be something they're not. So uh, the thing is, in that regard, you want to be led by the spirit. Uh, I think, and I can speak because I know my mom, she's a very compassionate person. Mm -hmm. But you still have to be led by God because Jesus was always led by the Holy Spirit, even in his compassion. Meaning, yeah. you saw that when he was compassionate, there was always a result that came afterwards because it was spirit led. So, yeah, um, I'm definitely for giving. But I like, for instance, even when I'm in a restaurant, the Holy Spirit has told me to give extra money uh, in, in a tip, for instance, uh, above and beyond uh, what I would do. And, and I'll look across the room and say, Joanne, um, the Lord told me to give uh, an extra amount. And she'll look at me and say, yep, he was telling me he told me this amount. And I was like, yep, wow. that's exactly what I heard yep, my spirit. Yep. So what I'm saying is like. You're not, you're not always going to have instances like that, obviously, but I, you have to be led by the Spirit. Don't just give to give. You yeah. need to give um, because you're led by the Spirit because there are scams, absolutely. There are people taking advantage. But here's the thing. Uh, uh, it's like uh, this is completely off the subject but kind of related. It's since we're coming up into St. Patrick's Day, as he, when we were at college, I was in a class where we studied St. Patrick, and I never knew anything because all you see is the – you know, the, the dumb leprechaun yeah. and stuff. But when yeah. you look at St. Patrick's life, it was amazing. I mean, he raised like 34 people from the dead and all kinds of stuff. He walked on water, all kinds of miracles dealing with the tribes uh, uh, in Ireland. And he's at one time somebody faked. Uh, I can't remember what they faked, but they faked that they had. Oh, they faked some type of disease because he would pray for people and they'd be healed. And he faked. I think he faked some type of disease. And the Lord showed St. Patrick that the person was faking. And he said, because you lied against the Holy Spirit, you will get that disease and you will die. And that person got that disease and died. What I'm getting at is that if they're scamming you, the Holy Spirit knows how to do that too. He knows how to do, do what? Because at the end of the day, we have to be good stewards of God's money. And so we have to be led of the Spirit to give as he leads us. And that's, that's, the, that's the only point I had circled on my paper was stewardship. Uh, because yeah. the, the God will never have us feed a perverted need. And if he knows yeah. that you giving to a person is going to lead to them, that, that depths of perversion, whether it's go ahead, Jeff. Uh, no, no, go ahead. I just want to point off exactly what you just said. Go ahead. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Oh, I was just going to say years ago uh, there. I'm not going to say the name. It doesn't matter. But uh, there was a, you know, like one of those things where you run and you give money and, and it's like a, um, like a, a fundraiser yeah. through a company and, the, and and they'll raise money for you and all that stuff. So somebody in my family would always come with these fundraisers. And after I got saved, I never felt right about giving money to it, even though it was a well-known national organization. 
I feel you. I didn't feel right about it. Um, and so I never gave. Well, even though other people in my family were giving all that kind of stuff, you know, because they're like, oh, it's for a good cause. You should give and blah, blah, blah. But I never felt right. Well, years later, it came out that they were donating a ton of their proceeds to Planned Parenthood to kill see, babies. See. So when I saw that, I said, see, the Holy Spirit will not allow me to give into foolishness and yeah. nonsense and things that he hates. And so it was a testament to me that God even cares about the small, like, you know, and I was new in my faith in that regard, but I just didn't, feel, I didn't share it, by the way. I didn't share it with anybody. I just didn't feel right on the inside about giving. And then years later, when I found that out, I said, there you go. All these years, the Holy Spirit was right. So you have to be led because he's not, like you said, what did you say? Uh, he's never going to give you uh, to uh, about perversion. And that, yeah. and that's what that is. It's perversion. So I would never, I'm not yes. going to support things that God hates. Listen, the Holy Spirit, people think hindsight is 2020, Jeff. Insight is 2020. Right now, through the Holy Spirit, you have insight to everything. That's 20. You don't have to wait till years later. Oh, that's why I shouldn't have done that. No, you can know what to do right now. The Holy Spirit will always let you know, uh-uh, that's not it. And, and, and what I what I've realized was <clears throat> is that I don't, if if it's too gimmicky, if it's too markety, then then it's like, okay, what's the cause behind the cause? The Holy Spirit knows the cause behind the cause. He knows where every dime goes. That's why I don't let every dime flow. <laughs> because I don't know where every dime goes until I know this is what God wants me to. That's why I give a lot of my money to my local church. Exactly. Because I see where the money goes. Exactly. It's hard for me to see where right. the money goes when I hear the music and the kids with the rice on their cheeks well, and the flies around. And, and to be fair, remember, <laughs> you <laughs> and to oh, be fair, God. remember. The church is responsible for the majority of charity work. 95% of the charity work that occurs in America is at the hands of the church. So those people are going to the church and I've worked in churches and I know that they come, but Hey, real quick, Shantae, exactly. She said, good question, Miss Minnow. Uh, my daughter wants to give and pray for people she sees on the street. And sometimes I have to stop her, right? How do I help her stay compassionate while protecting her? Great this is question. a great question here. Here's what I'll say to you. Number one, I like to pair up guys with girls and, you know, you can go, you, you can go in sets and, and stuff like that. So that there's like a few guys and a few girls, meaning you're in a group that is much more safe to be able to share it, meaning you're not going to run into an issue if it's just a girl going out there and trying to do that. I would put her in a group and get her involved in that regard as an outreach with the church. So that's how you keep their compassion because then whenever you go out in groups of 10 and 15, they'll go in the streets and they'll, they'll do outreaches. And I don't know how old she is, but that's what I would say to do with that. Go out in outreaches and be with um, people that have the same heart as her for, for, you know, whatever that is in that city, you know, whatever that, that uh, ministry is doing for the heart. You know, so what I mean by that is some ministries go toward prostitutes, some toward uh, uh, homeless, some people go toward uh, uh, alcoholics and things like that. And some things are a mix of everything. But get her involved in an outreach. I think that's the safest thing to do. And it still encourages her compassion because she still gets to go in to those areas and help those people. But with a safety bubble with the church in that regard. Yeah, like I would say, because this is my niece right here. What I would say is the first oh, part of that good. word is compass. If I teach her to know the compass, which is the spirit of God, that will guide her compassion. Right. Yeah. One thing that I that I know is important is is is. If we help people fellowship with the Holy Spirit, they'll they'll trust that urge because 
The devil loves people making deals with their zeal. What I mean, go ahead, Jeff. Yeah, go ahead, bro. No, no, my bad. So I was just going to say, since she's your niece, you're the guy that she can send. (laughs) Yeah. Listen, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. We was in the Whole Foods one time and she comes to me and she was all nervous. She was like, Uncle Josh, I feel like I should pray for her. I said, go ahead and do it. Yeah. It was a young lady, but I still was five feet away. And also there's different tactics and techniques. And I know uh, uh, because we live in such a demonic world and, and, and even in how you engage certain people and how you should position your stance. But what I'm saying is I ain't going to get all too deep, but I've learned that if I teach people to embrace the compass, their compassion will be guided appropriately. But, but there has to be like you're doing sis. It's like talking to her and showing her this is an evil world. And and you have to make sure that that you're that you're led by the spirit and everything because the devil will manipulate and utilize our zeal for God to put us in a bad situation, and 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 communicating why you have to stop her, and and I know I know my niece so I know a little bit of details about oh, demons and she? stuff like that. She's sixteen. She'll be seventeen in May. Okay, yeah. No. Then she can then she can get involved in in outrages. That is yeah. the best. But I think yeah. she's talking about like with with when she's in the sport, when, she, when she's out and about with her mom, and and I know my niece, man. She'll be like, let's let's get. And one time she, we was at Bojangles. She was like, I want to give her fifty dollars. I said fifty dollars. <laughs> I was like, you want to give like? Yeah. I said now. I said now. There's nothing wrong with that. But don't let your compassion empty your pockets. Okay. <laughs> and that's what I think. Exactly. That's what I think my mom was getting at. That's what I was saying. Your compassion has to be spirit led. Spirit led, like always compass. Yeah, always because the world the, the world has compassion, but it's not spirit led. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, you have to be careful with that. But I I think that's great, sweetie. Like I I think that's that's wonderful that that yeah. you're doing that at a young age. I do that stuff all the time, but I am a man, so I feel more comfortable. Exactly. And I get that. I, I just do because I know you can't trust everybody. So and, I'm, and maybe, even as a grown man, I'm spirit. I ain't just gonna walk in no hood. No, I'm no, just going to walk into no uh, 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 bank office. Well, if if you do that, like David Wilkerson did and almost got killed, and it led to one of the <laughs> biggest kid ministries that has ever happened in the world to this day. So God blessed it, but he was spirit-led. Spirit-led. That's the difference. He was spirit-led. If you're not spirit-led, you, you run the risk of, of being a disaster. So, yeah. And, what was that? And we have to make sure that we know – that that there are traps set around us and that um helping her understand and i know she's going to grow into this understanding that we live in a very densely populated demonic world that that is that is built on the premise of stealing killing and destroying and the transferring of spirits the 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 debating in the zealous for their own devilish works and right. everything, if, if we if we should be spirit led, it should be ever more now, right? Because these demons, times are short, and when people's time, like you never been with thirty seconds left in the game, everybody's cheeks are tight, everybody nervous because there's two points in between, and we only got thirty seconds left. Everybody gets a little little antsy. So when there's less time, expect fouls. People gonna start. So, well, anyway, you know what I'm trying to say. Yep. Nope, I got you. All right, let's see. Maybe we have time for how many questions we have left? One, two. Maybe we can do like two or three more if you want, or how many you want. I don't know how many there are. I think there's quite a few left. 
You're welcome. Sis. How about you know, we know we love you. We love you. Yeah. So we um, do chill. maybe three more. Yeah, let's do three more. Okay. So this is my sister. Oh, look at that. Sister, sister. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, exactly. So it says, um, if we have already let them have a social, okay, because we were talking about social media in the beginning. Okay. Yeah. Social media account. How do we turn them away from it without just taking it away? All right. Teenagers will go will in turn go behind our backs if we as parents stop them completely. I think this is a great question, actually. Very good. Um, yeah. Uh, number one, don't just take it away. I think Christians that do that are not using their brains. <laughs> what I mean by that, yeah, they, they're like, they're, they're just, they're opening them up to hate them and, 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 and rebel. What you have to realize is that there's something in the social media that has their attention. What you want is to get their attention on the things of God. Okay. Yeah. Now, it doesn't mean so. So, for instance, if they have a social media account in a practical term, and you don't want to get rid of, and I assume you're talking about my niece who is older. If it's if they're younger, you can just snatch it away. I think that's fine. But if they're older, they're like teenage teenagers. That's going to be a little more difficult. Um, I would number one make sure that you are able to monitor everything that's on their social media, uh, and then you would limit the amount of time that they spend on social media. So, for instance, instead of just taking it away, limit the amount of time. But this one is hard because, I mean, it's kind of like you're opening up the, <laughs> the floodgates and then you're trying to put, you know, the dam back together to keep the waters from flowing. Ezzy, I'm interested to see what you have to say on this. Yeah, I'm, I noticed even with my own niece, even yeah. with my own niece, the older one, she's a 16-year-old girl. Right. Who's rarely on her phone like that? Don't have an Instagram page. Now imagine a 16-year-old without an Instagram, TikTok, tickety talks, and stuff like that. Praise the Lord. It's because over time our village has explained to her, or she has seen with her own eyes, the damaging effects of it. Right. How I plan on raising my children is explaining, right. showing statistics, evidence. I think one of the greatest things my mom ever did for me, she didn't tell me, don't have sex, boy. Don't go out there. It wasn't like a don't do. It was like, let me show, let me tell you why. Yes. So when I was in those moments where it could have went down, something more profound was like, oh, mama did, no, ah, yep, I'm out. Right. Now, did I get myself in the room a couple of times? Yeah. But did I walk out? Best believe it. Because it was explained to me to the level, even the Bible says preachers should preach so even the little ones can understand. Right. Understand means, oh, that makes sense. If they choose to sin beyond that, either they learn from observation or they learn from experience. But the prayers <coughs> of a mother or a father can help protect them. Now, out there's a lot of videos out there, a lot of things out there about dopamine and the negative effects of social media. If you have a, a young child who's intellectually stimulated by things like that, I will let them read that so they can see just how damaging it is. If you have more of, of, an, of an emotional child who's just emotional, then I will say, what are they or what are their emotional needs that I have missed out on in providing as a parent? 
that's making them pursue these different things. I see it sprayed across because I work at elementary. I worked at elementary school and I work in the middle of the high school. So I see the effects. And so, yeah, like Jeff said, I wouldn't take it away because that's like because now their phones has become a, a, um, a organ. It's become a part of them. They yeah. grew up. See, Jeff and I, we can be detached and your sister could probably be detached because we yeah. came into this world with. Uh, house phones, beepers, pay phones, uh, dial up internet. It took 15 minutes just to get online and the page took about seven minutes to load. You remember that? Yeah. So we have patience. <laughs> kids come into the world and because parents don't have time to spend time with their kids, they give them a tablet to keep them quiet versus mm. stimulate them a different way. Maybe. So now many parents are reaping what they have sold in ignorance, but thank God that God is able, even in the midst of ignorance, even in the midst of whatever, to still bring healing and, and also revealing revelation to where, oh, this is why I shouldn't be doing this. That's my few cents on that because I'm not a parent, but I am a teacher. Cool. So I, I do give guidance to kids and I have my observations. But um, by the end of the day, kids want to spend time with a loving parent. I'm not saying you're not. Of course not. But uh, but go ahead, Jeff. Oh no, I I was just gonna say I because I think both of you and I are saying the same thing. Yeah. Number one, you have to pray to the Holy Spirit and ask Him how to do it. Yeah. Uh, That's for right. your That's particular it. job, because Simple because I don't think it's a general thing that we no. can tell you. But the no. general thing that I the only general thing I would tell you, and I think Ezzy and I are both echoing that, is this: don't be extreme, but do have standards. There you go. That's it. Yeah. Don't be extreme, but do have standards, meaning don't be all or nothing. And, and, and no, 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 no. Social media is not evil. It is evil when it is used for you. Yeah. It's a great okay? tool. We using it right yeah, now. It's a great tool. tool. You know, it's, it's like a gun. A gun can defend you, but it can also murder somebody. Right. Yeah. So it can be a good tool or a bad tool, but it's not the gun's fault. It depends on whose hand it's in. And how they, what is on the inside of their heart. <clears throat> so, for instance, you could give social media to two different kids, and one of them would be like, eh, I don't really care. I might look at my friends and say, hi, post a picture of a butterfly, and then go outside and play. <laughs> and, another, and another kid might be like addicted, like in the middle of the night with their, their covers over their head, like with the light on, like looking at this, and you come in at three o'clock in the morning, they're seven years old, and like looking at all kinds of stuff. Like, you see what I'm saying? It impacts different people different ways. So that's why you have to take an individual approach. But do but one thing I'm saying, do not be extreme, but do have standards. So standards are, for instance, uh, limiting the amount of time that you're on it. That's a standard. It's not extreme, though, by saying I'm taking it away completely. Like, for instance, I told I told our boys, Ezzy, the other day, they they were getting up and, and they were watching stuff on YouTube, like sports stuff or whatever. And so, and I, and I noticed that they were doing that. And I said, listen, I'm not against y'all watching sports on YouTube. Of course, when we're in the house, uh, I'm not against you watching this particular show. You know, Ethan, he likes some superhero stuff and there's some stuff that's okay that he can watch It's age appropriate. But I said, here's the thing. I don't want you watching anything before school. You can, but you can absolutely watch it when you yeah. get home. At, at this time, once all your stuff's done and all that kind of stuff, I don't mind at all. I just don't want you to start your day. I want you to start your day 
in the Bible and in prayer, not That's just right. doing prayer Bible and the YouTube on top of that or and the show on top of that. So notice I did not take the extreme measure, yeah. but I did set a standard. <laughs> Guess what? Neither of them argued with me. They said, okay, no problem. Because I didn't go to the extreme. I didn't say, you can't watch that. You can't have that. I just said, hey, let's limit it to this time period in the afternoon. That's and, that, and there was no problem. So don't be extreme, but do have standards. Okay. Okay. So we have, I think you said, oh, the movie, the movie. Yeah, the movie was crazy as hell. Was the movie that we were talking about earlier about the quote? I never heard of that. Oh, we got one of my, <laughs> student, my one of my students watching. What's going on, Zions? <laughs> Good to see you, girl. Oh, I watched the movie. Okay, okay, okay. Right. Maybe we got time for what is one hour and for three minutes? Yeah, let's do one more and then we'll get into our food. Yeah, maybe we'll do another Q and A. We'll probably do once a month. Loyal leading, of course. All yeah. right. Lakeisha Taylor says, after you have been deceived by sin and have recognized it, repented, and experienced sorrow from consequences, do you stand alone with God or keep trying to make things right with people you've hurt? Well, let me tell you this. The one who caused the wound is unable to do the healing. So you leave them with God. If, you've, if you have been deceived by sin in a period of time, the good thing about the word of God is he can redeem the time. Yes, you repented from it and you experienced sorrow and consequence. So you go along with God and let God. God is the all-sufficient doctor who is able to guide you while heal them. So what I'm trying to say to you is don't allow condemnation to creep in. Don't feel bad about what she once did because God has removed it as far as the east from the west. He's forgotten about it. Because people don't think what I'm saying is God forgets, but he's omniscient. Forgetting is what he's saying is like, I'm off that. I'm fully aware of what you did, but I'm yeah, off. He chooses not to remember. Right. He chooses not to remember. Like there's stuff in my past that I just choose not to remember. It no longer has an effect. God's forgetting is saying what you did no longer has an effect on how I see you now and what's <clears> going to happen to you in judgment day. So I'm off that. I'm not worried about that. He still knows, but he's choosing not to know or focus on, right? So if you got a God who's not even focusing on that, let's move on from that. And But when it comes to a person that you have hurt, you are <laughs> capable to heal them because then it adds extra levels of confusion, extra levels of pain because your hands caused it, your, your life caused it. You have to leave them with God, even if they try to beckon you to come, even if they try to pull you to come. You're only going to hurt yourself now because hurt people hurt people. So now that you have, may have hurt them, now they're going to try to bring you close to hurt you consciously or subconsciously. So it's best to leave them with God, let God heal them. So that's the quickest way to answer that question. Yeah. Um, I was just going to say what she's talking about, I think, is restitution. Um, meaning okay. you make right you make right what you've done. So exactly. here's what I would say this. And it kind of echoes what Ezzy said. I You should make right what you can and give to God what you can't. So, for instance, if you – I'll give you an example. Um, this guy – and this is a true story. <laughs> this, he went in and um, uh, into a store, and he stole something. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not – I mean, you wouldn't know the person anyway. But anyway, went to a store and stole something, came out. Uh, knew the, the preacher uh, of one of the churches and said, and I'm, I'm trying to remember the story, sorry. But basically, 
he he realized that he had stolen that what he had done was wrong and he felt bad. And he asked the pastor, does he have to give the money back and or you know the thing? And he goes, yes, and you should you should do double. Meaning he stole in uh, uh, he stole something from like a pharmacy, and then so he said, not only should you return, but you should also pay for for the for this the, the thing. So you're you're returning. So he went down, and he returned it and and paid it paid him back the money, and the guy and he was in there for a really long time. The preacher drove him down there, and he was in there for a really long time, like fifteen minutes. And he's like, oh, my gosh. The preacher's like, oh, my gosh, they're going to call the cops. The, the cops are coming. <laughs> Finally, he comes out. He goes, what happened? He goes, he gave me a job. And he goes, what? And he goes, yeah, he was so impressed with my honesty. He said he'd rather have somebody like me working for <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, so what I'm saying is, wow. like, if, you have the, if it's in your power to make something right with somebody, now, that doesn't mean that they can receive it or that they're going to forgive you. I said in your power to make it right, meaning not what they do, what you do. For instance, the Bible says if you go down to the altar and you you've offended your brother or he's offended you and you you want and you want to leave your the Bible says leave your money at the altar, go make amends right. with your brother That's first, right. then come back and give your offering. So yes, whatever you can make right on your end, not you can't control their reactions, you can't control their side, but whatever you can do on your side to make it right. You should do that. And whatever you can't, you leave it in God's hands. You know, if it's That's something real. from 30 years ago and you can't go after it anymore, God, I give it to you. I did that and I'm I'm sorry. And I and I give it to you. You know, uh, you're not going to be paying for all your sins. There's a yeah. difference with that. <clears throat> Jesus is the only one that can pay for your sins. Restitution is when you make right what you have done wrong. There's a difference. You're not paying for it, you're making it right. So you're 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 not paying for it, but you're you're making it right. So this last one, because I have a heart right. for yeah. for purpose and stuff, and then we'll we'll move yeah. on to and I'll go ahead and as a reminder, I'll yeah. go ahead and put up the graphic for today's food session. Right. Let me get that up yes. real quick before I answer this young lady's question, because um, a part I'll of let you answer this because I feel like this is your gifting. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Let me go ahead. and. Oh, did I not download the hold on? Give me one second. I got to put the food thing on here, bro. It's on the right. <clears throat> Page number two. Give it one second. Hey. Okay. While that's downloaded, I'm going to answer. Tiffany Green says, I found out my gift is poetry. Good. Here it is. Let me upload this real quick. <coughs> or I'm going to be distracted. All right. There we go. I found out my gift is poetry. Though I am not in love with it as of yet, but in obedience, I'm working on it. That's good. Gotcha. How would that lead into my purpose and get me paid? Because as I, as of now, I have the answer to your question is this never engage life with financial worry. Now you have to ask yourself, what is the root of my financial worry? Is the root of my financial worry, poor stewardship? Then that's an easy fix. Our cares and concerns with money is either due to poor stewardship or to idolatry or money becoming our God or source of funding. Because what happens when you have financial worry, you start doing anything for change or you'll get mad at the process of purpose because your purpose is not is not pouring in the funds as you have expected. That's why the Bible says you can't serve both God or money. 
So what happens is what I don't want you to do is begin to look inside of you for giftings and tools solely to fix a financial worry or concern or to get rich. I say that because the last part of your sentence is probably the core reason. You have financial worries for what reason? Only you know that. I don't know it. Jeff don't know it unless because Jeff works in the prophetic and Jeff works in that anointing. So maybe he can help in that if the Lord leads him to. Right. But what I'm saying is the reason why money should never be our ultimate source, but be a source, but not the ultimate source is because um, that's not where full provision comes from. So you have to ask yourself, why am I in financial worry? Am I in financial worry because my life is compared to somebody else and they have this money? Therefore, I want what they have. Am I financial worry because of selfish ambition? Is my financial worry because of poor stewardship? Is my financial worry based upon I just want to have this way of life? Because we should be having uh, using <coughs> finance as worship, not a means of worry. All right. So let's get to your poetry. Pursue that. When you pursue your purpose, when I tell people this all the time, when you pursue what God wants you to do, money will pursue you. I don't write books for money. Money comes from writing books. Money opportunities comes from obedience to God. But you have to always make sure that you're not obeying to be paid, but you obeying because what has been paid for you. <coughs> money follows, money follows. Because not all barrels is going to produce millions of dollars. You know what I'm saying? But I guarantee you fellowship with the Holy Spirit and he teach you stewardship and he also utilize your gifts to make room for you and you master your gifting. But you got to give that time to breathe. You got to let process happen because what messed me up on my first book, Jeff and Tiffany, is my false expectation, my earnest expectation of my first book. When I wrote my first book, I just knew I was going to sell a thousand copies. I think I sold maybe 24 in the first three months. Heart was my heart hit the floor. I want to quit writing, but because I was writing with the wrong expectations. So um, don't. How would that lead into my purpose and getting paid? You can get paid multiple ways from your purpose, but don't focus on payment because the root issue to your question is you have financial worries. I can't help you with the other things until you first find the root to your financial worry, and until God becomes um, your, uh, the leader of your finances and you are a good steward and you're tithing and you're giving and you're doing all those different things, but you can do all that. You can give and tithe, you can do all that stuff, but you got poor financial stewardship, that tithing stuff, that good, that giving stuff ain't going to work for you. Um, Tiffany, I wonder if you grew up, uh, what came to me is, uh, I wonder if you grew up seeing proper stewardship or if they were always That's worried right. about Yeah. Um, that's what came into my spirit. And I don't know what your situation is. Um, yeah, stability. Well, stability is overrated. So yeah. <laughs> I, I don't mean to say that. I don't mean to laugh. Straight shooters. I'm just telling you the truth. I know. It's overrated. Like It is. Jesus has an abundant supply. <laughs> You'll all you'll only be stable in him, so it doesn't matter. It, it, yeah. I mean, there there's nothing that's stable on this earth because we live in a fallen world. So nothing. it's overrated. But um I wonder if you grow up uh seeing that because a lot of times uh our parents plant a seed on the inside of us that's real with how we react, particularly to money. Um did you grow up hearing faith? 
and hearing and seeing God supply when your parents prayed? Did you see them uh, uh, trust God during difficult seasons and God always came through? Um, or were your parents always talking about not having enough and always having to pay bills and always talking negatively about money? Because what that does is those two situations can bring up different things, you know, um, in that. But if you're not dealing with that, if that's not the reasoning, you're just, um, you know, you're afraid that poetry isn't, isn't going to bring a stable income maybe, then um, it, it, it may not. But that doesn't mean you don't work on it on the side. That's right. That's right. While you're also doing something else, you know. Um, Ezzy and I both work, but what 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 do we love to do? We love ministry. We love so, ministry. So 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 I I turn my work into a ministry. But why do you think we're doing what we're doing right now? Because this is our calling. This is our gifting. And so um, um, if you're afraid of that in that regard uh, about it not being stable, you know, because you said stability, then um, <clears throat> you know. Jesus did something, and I'll say this. I wrote this down, actually, when Ezzy was talking. You remember whenever he uh, went by the fig tree and he rebuked it because it didn't yield any fruit? Yeah. You know, if something is yielding no fruit after three years or whatever it is, like no fruit. None. Okay, well, then maybe it's time to, to venture into something else. You see what I'm saying? Like, like Ezzy said in the first, you know, whatever, three months he sold 24 books or whatever. But that's in the first three months. Yeah. And then he kept building and building and building. And he saw, I guarantee you, I know he saw, I know for a fact, because I know yeah. he saw fruit uh, in the first three years, because guess what? He kept going. And now look, however, if after three years you sold one book, maybe go in a different direction. You see yeah. what I'm saying? So, so you have to pay attention to that as well, that, that there's fruit that's bearing. And if it's not, then you switch kind of uh what you're doing so but I don't, I don't know if you if you want to ask another question next time I, i'm not sure if you're referring to um the stability of poetry itself or not but um yeah well thank y'all so much for trusting y'all with y'all's questions we kind of honor that you will trust how the holy spirit speaks through us as vessels and so i hope y'all got a lot out of it if your question was not answered uh trust that god will open the avenue for your question man, whether through us or through however in his sovereign will. Or if you, none of these questions were your questions, I hope that these answers blessed you in some kind of way. But now we must transition to our third love, family, no, hold on, faith, family, then food. No, hold on, hold on. Well, hold on, hold on. Oh, out of the segment? Yes. Yeah, but yeah. well, I love my, well, yeah, that's good. Yeah, faith, family, God, food. Family is faith included in the church? Yeah, faith. Yeah, faith. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha. Gotcha. Sorry. Um. Yes, that's true. Uh. Definitely. Definitely true. <laughs> for as definitely. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like, that's definitely true. I. I, I, love I, food. I, I told. I told my wife the only woman she ever got to worry about is little Debbie. Yep. That's what I, I told my wife. The only woman she ever has to worry about is a is a chocolate brownie. I said, Lord. <laughs> I said. I said that's the only other chocolate that I love. <laughs> no. Yeah. There's a little Debbie. <clears throat> she found some little Debbie rappers in my pocket. Said, oh no! I was like finding the phone number in your husband's. <laughs> like finding the phone number in your husband's. Yeah, pocket. I was like, oh, no. 
It's a receipt. It's a receipt to Publix to the bakery. Oh section. yeah, man. That's why I be throwing my receipts away. <laughs> I'm joking. Hot, hot in my dirt. <laughs> hot in my other life. I'm just joking. I'm joking. Uh, we're just. This is all satire. This is not. Anyway. Um, so not. today we're going to talk about top three <coughs> Italian foods in the Italian category, and I like. And it can be like Italian American because we know there's different regions of Italy. We're not talking about that. But yeah. So I love this. Italian is probably top three of my favorite food categories. Hands down. So as we share our number three, those who's watching us, <laughs> 30, 35 people watching us live at the moment. Yeah. <clears throat> let us know. Go tell us your number three as we share our number three. Then we're going to share our number two. And we're going to share our number one. And then we're done. We out of here. Okay. Jeff, since you're the Italian man, I'll let you start off first. What's number three on your Italian list? So I, I kind of did both because it's just a matter of cheeses or sauces, and okay. they're pretty much the same. So stromboli and calzones. Man, calzones are so good, bro. <clears throat> they are. Calzones are top five for me, but not top three. But cows, now that I think about it, it could – the issue is I haven't had a calzone or you said a stromboli? A stromboli. Strambo, stromboli, my bad. That's hood. The hood stromboli. Hood STR. I'm gonna should, maybe you should pull it up. Yeah, I'll pull a picture. That's the one that's wrapped. It's got sausage and stuff on the inside. It's wrapped in swaddling exactly. clothes. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> wrapped in was wrapped in swaddling it's, yeah, clothes. Yeah, it's, it's wrapped wrapped in nice and delivered to my door. Let me see. Hold on. Oh, bless his name. Hold on. I'm looking at images. On Am it. I looking at the wrong stromboli? Stromboli. STR. That's right. These ain't how strambolis look. Oh, here scroll down, scroll down, scroll down. Whoops. <clears throat> scroll down. There we go. Is that it? Yeah, that's one. It's cut in half right there. Bruh, these when are I not. Told, when I told it looks like that right there. There you go. What you just uh -huh. clicked on. On the left. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. These are good, man. I love anything that makes eating uh, easy. Exactly, because <laughs> it, it's it's like it's like Italian and what I could drive and I could still eat it or it's yeah I like stuff that's wrapped in swaddling clothes, bro. Yeah, and I think calzones are similar, but they use ricotta. I think so. They use different Rica cheese. Oh man, ricotta! Now we might have to talk about top three cheeses. Exactly. Ricotta cheese. Oh, anyway, cheese. So, uh oh, my wife, my wife loves Italian. <laughs> she, see, she's waiting, Ooh. so she didn't care about the other stuff. She didn't care about y'all's yep. questions. She didn't nope. care about quality time. She a student asked me at my school day. She was like, "What? What should I go?" I got a lot of students that watches Jeff, and they watch us later. And they said, "What? What should, what's going to be our top three today?" And they said, "I said a tight." They said, "Oh, I'm watching." Okay, but they probably didn't watch full <laughs> two hours because kids' attention span ain't two hours long. But they'll they'll fast they'll fast forward. Yeah. So, oh, my number yeah, three, uh, Brittany. What's your favorite? Oh, I already know her favorite. My top three or is chicken she, parmesan. Yep, yep. Number three for me is either veal parmesan or chicken parmesan. That's Joanne. She loves chicken parmesan. Chicken parmesan, man, especially at my favorite, favorite restaurant. And when you come to Charlotte, Jeff, we're taking you and your wife there as soon as you're off the plane. Maybe we'll get y'all showered up and get y'all rested. And then we're going right to this place called Mama Ricotta's. Two big, two, big, two big slabs of chicken with the cheese and all the sauce on it. And then I love nice, it. Oh, the organic spaghetti. I made, I made some uh, homemade chicken parmesan the other day with some orzo. Do you know what orzo is? Uh, I I think so. Let me see what orzo. So is. it's rice shaped pasta, and I put feta 
and lemon juice in it, and and then uh, feta cheese, lemon juice, and parsley, and um, uh, orzo along with uh, so type in orzo. That Greek. Yep. Yep. No, it's it's. <laughs> oh, okay. I know what it is now. But well, look, scroll to the right. Oops. You gotta cook. Just scroll. Yeah. See if they have. Some. There, there we go. go. Yeah, orzo is yeah. good. I know something now. Yeah. So I had that with uh, uh, Parmesan chicken. It was fantastic. All right. So yours was chicken parmesan. Mine was chicken parmesan. Yep. Oh, my wife said Italian sandwiches, meatball subs with mozzarella. I love you, Brittany. Let me see. See, she should have been raised up north with me. That's good Man, stuff. Oh, shrimp I alfredo. That's great too. I forgot. Oh, oh, my honorable mention number four was chicken alfredo or any kind of alfredo. Yeah, I, I, alfredo. I didn't want to bring that up because I thought it gave you food poisoning that other time, so I left it alone. <laughs> oh no. Listen, I, I just go back. Man, I'll, Brittany's got me changing my stuff around when she yeah, said that. Yeah, she's, she's dangerous, man. She's a dangerous woman. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my number three is... How could I not have a sub on here? What's wrong? I'm from Pennsylvania and didn't have a sandwich. My God, I'm slipping. I think, right, I think the reason why I didn't put meatball subs on my list is because most people don't do the subs like I would like them to be done. Okay. It's usually dry. The bread is not buttery. It's not moist. The bread is all hard. And when I bite into the bread, no, my I don't like that. Are... I mean, it needs to be right. It needs to be soft. So, okay. it needs... Yeah. Then, what was your what okay. was your number three again? What was your number three again? Stromboli and calzones. But I'm gonna put subs. I'm gonna put subs for my number three. Stromboli yeah, and calzones. Yes, yeah, calzones and stromboli are going to number four. Uh, subs okay. are my are my number three. Okay, okay. Because I love subs. I think subs would be my number five. Five is subs, meatball subs, because I love a good meatball sub. Oh, me too. But I just don't have a good place down here that I can go to consistently. In my house, I'll make it for you. You'll love it. See, that's all that matters. See, then my number will change. Then we'll do an episode from live, from his kitchen. There we go. Meatball subs, number five. Number four is chicken. Okay, what is your number two? My number two. You did your number two already? What's your number two? Oh, no, I didn't do my number two. Sorry. My number two. Pizza, any type of pizza. I love pizza. I mean, pizza number two. Pizza number two for me. Okay, yeah. Any type of. I love all types of pizza. I love goat cheese pizza. I love uh, any kind pepperoni. I love uh, most kinds. Yeah. What? I said. I said most kinds, not all kinds, but yeah, pizza. Oh, I I like there. There's almost. I love. I mean, I love all the meat pizzas. I mean, any kind. I can really. There's. Almost every single type of pizza I can eat, including dessert pizzas, but that's Same not really time. But yeah. I, I, I can eat almost. I love pizza. Pizza number two for me. That's easy. What's your favorite yeah. pizza though? Oh, that's another top for another day. Because I, no, I, no, I, no, can, no. I can come up with. Top oh yeah, eight you, want to, you want to do top three favorite pizzas? We'll do that next week. We'll do it next time. All right, top three favorite pizzas. Next I gotta, week. Think, I gotta think about it. All right. Yeah, I have I'm to not, think about that. Too, I don't all right, so what's your all number right. one? Oh, what's y'all's number right, two? Number Go ahead and post your number two in the comments in the chat yep. box. But what's your number one, Jeff? For Tom's sake, lasagna. Lasagna is your number one. My number Lasa- one. Lasagna is my number one too. See, bro, that's a lasagna. There you we can't go. beat lasagna. You lasagna. cannot beat lasagna. Lasagna is the greatest of all time. I love, and I love lasagna with Italian sausage and hamburger in it. Yeah, so it's I don't mixed. got time. One meat? No, I don't want no one meat lasagna. No, I want multiple meats. I want ricotta cheese, bro. I take my when I make homemade uh, uh, lasagna. I take oh, and homemade pasta. Really, I love homemade pasta, but that's in lasagna, so I do that too. Um, 
I do the ricotta cheese and then I put in like a bunch of different stuff, garlic and hot sauce and all kinds of stuff to make it like uh, more flavorful. I love lasagna. Lasagna is man. I'm scared to make my own lasagna because I can control my meat portions in my lasagna. I can control how much ricotta cheese I want in there. Oh my gosh, I love when Joanne's parents when I whenever I first started um, when she and I were I don't know if we were engaged or we might have already been married. But anyway, uh, so there's like a thing where African moms and I'm talking about from Africa. I'm not talking about African American. I'm talking about Africa. Uh, and for clarity purpose, those who, who don't know you, he's married to a woman from Tanzania. Yeah, exactly. So uh, my mother-in-law, like their 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 kind of thing is that, you know, you bless the, the son-in-law like with food. You know, like you hey, that's them, good. That ain't no wrong thing. You got to eat your food and all that kind of <clears> stuff. And I was like, thank you, Lord Jesus, because I love food. Right. So um, uh, they, they used to make like two things of lasagna. And like one was for me. Oh. There's yeah, a that, such thing as this? Yeah, I forgot she made that the other day. She told me I should have told you. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I, there is. And she said that you take the layers of ravioli. You do it just like you do the lasagna, except for the the Man. like the meat mixture, everything, except for the noodle part is, is ravioli. Oh, my goodness. My, wife, wife, did you, did you just hear what mama, what mama just said? Jeff's mom. Do you see that? Do do you see that? <laughs> her number one. Her number one is ravioli. I think. Oh, chicken manicotti is number I mean one. That... No, no, go down. What was your number one? So, oh, goulash is good, but goulash is an Italian. Uh, it's it's Hungarian, and I love goulash. I had it tonight for dinner. What? I'm yeah, I had goulash for dinner tonight, but that's Hungarian. That's not Italian. Let me see what, what goulash is. is. Yeah, oh, goulash is fantastic. Yep, put it in. It's like Hebrew, actually, not Hungarian. It's Ooh, that do look good. That's a pasta bread. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's Hebrew, not Hungarian. Oh, I, I see. Okay, okay, okay. You want, go up to the top. Go up to the all the way to the top. Go all the way to the... No, go down a little bit more. Go down. Go down. To the right. All the way. This one. Beefy American goulash. Click that. Bless his name. That's how mine looks. What's wrong with these small pictures? Okay. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, what I mean, was Brittany saying? She said, I mean, that was my number one. Chicken manicotti. No, manicotti is her number one. I thought oh, it was ravioli. the chicken manicotti was her number one. Okay, gotcha. Well, it's chicken manicotti ravioli. Because I thought she always gets ravioli where we go. Maybe don't have good chicken manicotti. Yeah. Chicken manicotti is really good, too, though. Um, and really, any Italian food with seafood is really good, too. I love any yeah, seafood. Sure. Like, like, that's really good. But, yeah, lasagna, hands down. It, like, I remember one time Joanne was eating out. And she was with the boys, and she's like, Jeff, you can get whatever you want for dinner. I went to the store and bought <laughs> lasagna and brought it home just for myself and ate the lasagna. <laughs> and, I said, and she said, what is wrong with you? I said, don't judge me. So don't anyway, uh, I, we I, already, I sat down. We already had an agreement in our marriage that food is a part of our marriage. Okay? Exactly. I love lasagna. Oh, my goodness. Whew. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. definitely – okay. Mama, send me the recipe, please. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Send it to I, me, Mama. I, hopefully, hopefully, um, th is there a crock pot version of this? Oh yeah, you, you could probably do that too. I'm doing this. I've seen crock pot these, lasagna. Yeah, so I'm just gonna get the lasagna, not the lasagna from the can. I'm just gonna get the regular lasagna that you have to cook, right? Yeah, wow. no, it's the kind. So 
I know what kind she used. It's the kind that when you go to the refrigeration, the refrigerated yeah, section, yeah, they have. It's like pre-made, but you have to unpack it or whatever. But it's Sounds not. It's good. not in a can. No, it's it's no, dry. Yeah. yeah, the dry yeah, version. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. In frozen, yes. In fro yes. Yeah, I'm doing that. Yes. Mama, send exactly. that to me, so me and my wife can dine. Oh, my wife's gone this weekend. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <She> Bro, <left. laughs> I. I need you to tell me these things. I'm coming up. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, I probably oh I, I probably should have, bro. Well man, we could have cool. We could have well, you know what? I told you about to go on spring break, so I gotta oh, yeah. keep my uh diet under wraps until yeah, I understand. We but next time she's gone, I got you. I like uh, your sister said uh oh I like prosciutto with fresh mozzarella tomato. Oh, that's good. I like that. I don't even know that's what that is, bro. Oh, prosciutto, prosciutto. Like, it's like it's like the it's like ham or like like the bacon, toast, but right? it's like really thinly sliced. Yeah. Okay. No, so you're talking about bruschetta. Oh, bruschetta. Oh, machete. I didn't know. Which what I, I love bruschetta too. That's my, what makes the toast. My sister fancy. She fancy, bro. My wife and the whole family's fancy. They fancy. That's right. All right. My we love y'all, man. We going. Right. We been yeah. going. We going for two hours twenty one minutes. Probably oh wow! It's nine twenty four. Yeah, we better go. We love y'all. Yeah. All right, Law. We love y'all. We pray this podcast was a blessing, man. That y'all got some laughter, some some um insight uh, to this. We love y'all. Until next week, we'll see y'all. Peace. See you guys. Bye.